0: this is winnipeg sports talk daily with andrew hustler patterson and michael remus hey what's up everyone welcome to winnipeg sports talk daily the countdown to gray cup continues as the bombers look for the three pete and the jets back on the ice preparing for their next matchup thursday night When Winnipeg will welcome back Teemu Salani and Teppo Newman for the annual Hall of Fame game. And the two Finnish stars will go into Winnipeg Jets history as Winnipeg Jets Hall of Famers. We got a great show today for you. Obviously, lots to get to on the local squads and the upcoming Grey Cup. But we're going to have Dave Poolin jump on first. Dave, of course, was uh, part of the Hall of Fame festivities in Toronto yesterday for the Hockey Hall of Fame. And very much looking forward to catching up with Dave. It's been a couple of weeks since we've spoken. And obviously the Winnipeg Jets have been playing some good hockey lately. So we'll hear what Dave has to say about the Jets at this point in the season. Mike McIntyre will have the latest on both the Jets and his take on the Bombers quest for a three-peat a little bit later on. And as we continue to get ready for the Grey Cup, some big news around the Canadian Football League Dave Naylor, TSN's football insider will jump on with us before he boards a plane to Regina. We'll get the latest stories from around the league coming out of championship weekend for the East and the West and get his thoughts on the upcoming Grey Cup game. So uh, a very, very busy show. Great to have you with us. Welcome to everyone on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube or watching us later on, make sure you hit that red subscribe button and join us daily. We are live 1 p.m. Central. Monday to Friday with the live broadcast and a huge shout out to all the podcast listeners checking us out just after three 30, when it uploads just in time for the ride home. Uh, just before we bring Michael Remus in here, I have to thank all the sponsors that make this show happen. Of course, our friends at princess auto, not auto Corp cool bet, Canada, the Nick and Nikki DQ group, Boston Pizza, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, F Apparel, Royal Sports, Wallace and Wallace, Vita Health, and Consolidated Supply. Couple of things. Uh, we've got a very exciting announcement to make for you, Marble fans, with our friends at Consolidated Supply. And folks, if you have not done it already, now is the time to quickly take thirty seconds and jump into the chat and uh, click that link and fill out a very quick survey from Little Brown Jug on uh, their working with us. And you can win the ultimate Grey Cup Party Pack from Little Brown Jug, which is $125 worth of Winnipeg's favorite local beer from LBJ, as well as a $100 gift certificate for Smitty, so you can load up on wings and treats for your Grey Cup Party. Uh, I'm gonna throw that in the chat right now for those of you that are with us live. And if you're listening after the fact or listening on the podcast, you can go to. So there's the link, folks. If you haven't already, just quickly check that out and let them know that you enjoy their relationship with us on WST and the love, the little 1919. Uh, but if you're listening on the podcast right now, you can do one of two things. Click on over to YouTube. It's the the link is in the description. As well as a whole bunch of other important information that Remus does a great job setting up each and every day. So you can get the link there or head on over to our Instagram page. There's a post there at Sports Talk WPG on IG where you can click on the link. And of course, there's a Twitter, a tweet that we put out last Friday when we started this. Um, So very easy to get to. It will take you literally 20 seconds. And we'll be announcing the winner on Thursday. And anywhere in Manitoba can enter. And the folks at Little Brown Jug will be delivering that to you just in time for the Grey Cup. And hey, if you're going to Regina, you can certainly get it and use it after the fact. Maybe a big bomber victory party with your friends when you get home after the weekend. All right, let's get Remo in here and get things going. What's up? How are you? Hey,
1: how are you? Yeah, I'm doing, doing good, man. It's busy. You got a great show today. I'm pumped for that. That's for sure. Uh, Dave Poole and Dave Naylor, Mike McIntyre, a lot of Jets talk, but still kind of recovering us from that great uh, West final here. Uh, that was on Sunday, and we you know we're counting down. The teams are on their way to Regina, and also a big Jets week, a lot of Timu and Teppo talk, a uh, big honoring on Thursday. We'll have Chris King on tomorrow, former Jets captain, to talk about some of those uh, memories in the early 90s. and. uh yeah, so again, a lot of stuff. We had a great uh, hockey Hall of Fame induction last night. I'm just going over everything and the Monday Night Football. So I'm I'm feeling good. At us, good show, good good time to good time for a lot of topics. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, no doubt no about shortage. that.
0: Listen, uh, we're not going to do a big NFL segment today, but that game last night was uh, was very interesting. Eagles taking their first L on the season, courtesy of the Washington Commanders. Lockshop listeners know I'm a Taylor Heineke truther. I am fired up that the Commanders are back in it. We got to listen to Left Hand Up a number of times after they won last night. And uh, a very great night in the Lockshop with Commanders plus 11 and easy over that cashed like early in the third quarter. And our field goal prop, which we always lay on primetime games. Joey Sly did it himself with four field goals last night. So uh, great start to the week. And uh, i got to tell you, Viking fans right now have to be pretty darn pumped right now. And I know there's a lot in the chat and a lot listening on the podcast, Remo. The Vikings only lost this year is to the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know they'd love another shot at those guys coming in the playoffs right now. But at 8-1, and one, tied now for the NFC lead, the Vikings are in the mix for the bye right now. Philly does have a couple tough games against some divisional rivals later on playing in the NFC Beast. But um, I got to tell you, the uh, Vikes got a ton of momentum. They really stole that game in Washington a couple weeks ago. And we're at the game. And by the way, we're going to have to get Libel on at some point. Libel was at the game in Buffalo on Sunday between the Vikings and the uh, and the Bills. And I know most of us were locked in on the Bombers or were at the stadium. So we didn't see it happen live. Many of us, like myself, just following on their phone with their jaws open, wondering what the hell was going on but uh, our buddy live saw the game of the year and i look forward to getting him on the program. But um, that was a tough loss by Philly, but you kind of thought that sooner or later they'd have a performance like that. And Washington with Ron Rivera, still a very, very hungry team and man, did their defense step up last night. Yeah. Uh, Philly also had to battle the
1: referees. Hustler on a couple <laughs> of calls. I like cares about the game. We've got to talk about uh, this, what the face mask and the fourth quarter where a guy a guy in the Eagles got face masked and then fumbled after and they go to review and they can review what that was when they fumble, but you can't change the face mask. It's a brutal when, face mask. When it's that obvious to everyone watching, there has to be someone who can hit an emergency button and be like, Hey, we gotta we can't have this. So like it was a they ruled him down by by contact, so it wasn't a touchdown on the recovered fumble. Um I think it was just to as a courtesy be like, Hey, we missed the face mask. We can't overturn it we can't call face mask on review but you know we'll just say he was down by contact i thought they were going to going to say the eagles player was down by contact just to you know cuz to the even mask. it up to even <laughs> it up a little uh when it's that obvious you got to find a way to fix it um but the problem is when you have replay you're going to look at this minuscule stuff like offside review or like when a player slides into second base and like he pops up a milliliter a millimeter oh, over I the bag that.
0: And, and they, hold, they hold right there with offsides. They hold the tag and on. Hockey.
1: That's the worst too. So I think, but when it's so obvious, there's got to be a way to override. And also the uh, at the end of the game, Taylor Heineke goes gives himself up. And like, look, a quarterback gives himself up. I You've mean, got guys chasing you. Like it's hard for them to stop. Now maybe maybe they could have there and just touched him,
0: but the they barely touched him.
1: To he be sell- honest, I mean. He's, celebrated sword he knew he drew the oh when that flag went up
0: he goes hey we've got the game Mm -hmm. and he uh, he stunted on him um now what did happen though was there was one play left at the end of the game after the punt and as always happens there's the potential for major disaster or glory on those final lateral plays if you missed it it was the old pass to one guy, lateral it to another guy. Devontae Smith was the guy that ended up being the last eagle to touch the ball. He threw it backwards. The Commanders picked it up and went in for a touchdown on the final play of the game, which killed a number of under live under bets for people. But I do need to give an RIP to Marshall Patterson, long time TSN 1290 postgame caller, who is in myself and Dustin Nielsen's Lock Shop Fantasy Football Experience League? He was up on me by two and a bit points. He ended up losing the two points for the turnover and some yardage, and I ended up beating him by one point in oh. the final, in the final play of the game. So I will sheepishly take the W, feel happy about it, but I know there's a lot of people that get screwed on the other side, but That is what happens. Fantasy football will make you happy, and it'll make you crazy all at the same time. Um, So, yeah, uh, interesting Thursday nighter. Packers and Titans. I'm sure we'll get to that in the lock shop and probably touch on that a little later on this week. But I can't imagine we'll be spending too much time on the NFL because the Bombers are going to the Grey Cup and looking to make it three in a row And, of course, the Winnipeg Jets are back in action beginning a homestand on Thursday night. And uh, I'm really excited about Chris King coming on the program. He's always been a great friend of the program. And, um, you know, Chris King is uh, a a guy that, you know, now working in the National Hockey League is, you know, so respected. uh, But, you know, has such a fondness for Winnipeg and his time here as a member of the Jets. We remember him coming on, and we'll probably talk talk as well about the Dale Howarchuk statue unveiling, uh, which he came representing the National Hockey League and as a Jetson alumni. And he's going to come on tomorrow to talk about his memories of Solani, as well as Tapo Newman and, of course, the great event that uh, the Winnipeg Jets put on honoring Dale Howarchuk. And I'll just say, Remo, I don't know if you've seen it, but that statue was just so beautiful. I'll often get up into the corner bar there at the intermission and look down on it. Uh, but there's always people around taking pictures, checking it out. Such a great, great addition for such a great, great player. Oh, yeah, that statue.
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it's a destination for Jets fans. People are going to the game. If you've never been to a game, you go stop by uh, the statue, get your picture taken, take a picture of it, uh, take a look. So I think it's awesome to have that, and uh, hopefully we have more of those types of, of monuments here in the city cuz i think it is definitely a, an attraction a lot of i you know you're around the arena downtown you see hear someone is saying hey where which way to the statue or where can i go and you see, see people there uh, all the time so pretty cool
0: yeah no doubt about it oh blue cats fired up in the chat enough with the nfl it's cfl time don't worry we will definitely be getting to cfl dave Naylor's coming on a little bit later on in the program but actually why don't before we get to the jets room, let's get to the why not question of the day and we're looking ahead to the Grey Cup game. And listen, all the conversation this week is going to be about Zach Caleros, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, Andrew Harris, Brady Oliveira, Dalton Schoen, some of the big offensive players. The why not question of the day for you WSTers is who do you think for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers might be that X-factor player? The player that we're not talking about as much as some of the big stars in the game but could be incredibly impactful in Sunday's championship game. Who is your thought to be a guy that might be a little bit of an unsung hero, if you will, a guy that will step up and be the key, a key to victory for the Winnipeg blue bombers that might not be getting the headlines, hit us up in the comments. And if you're watching the show afterwards, leave a comment in the YouTube, uh, on the YouTube episode. And, uh, You can go back next week and say, I told you so. I called this on Tuesday when you put it up in the why not question of the day. And again, shout out to the Not Auto Corp gang. Got to meet most of their staff out at the game on Sunday. What a great experience that was, of course, Not Auto Corp, Waverly and McGilvery. And you can check them out online at not.ca. I will say this, Remo. I don't know if you have a thought on that why not question of the day but I'm now just sort of getting back to normal. I was still buzzing from the entire weekend and that experience from the game on in the afternoon with the Bombers to the Jets' big comeback win on Sunday. We got right back into it yesterday with so much going on around Winnipeg sports coming out of that weekend.
1: Oh, yeah. I think yesterday, you know, we didn't really touch too much on the Jets in the two games on the weekend. It was all just glowing from that awesome Western final. The crowd, you know, we heard... Uh, Big Hill made an impact. Jeff Hamilton yesterday saying, no doubt. Um, I mean, you saw the impact that they made there on that final drive. And I just think today it's like so rare in sports where uh, you really, you know, you hear like 13th man or, or 12th man with the Seahawks, whatever. But it's very rare that you see it in action. And it was uh, pretty incredible um, how the fans helped the Bombers in that win. Uh, on Sunday and you know the players know they respect uh, the fan base as well and, and you've talked about it too for the last like year and a half here just the connection between the players and the fans and it was certainly on display on the weekend
0: no no well said and and you know what Mike O'Shea yesterday shouted out the fans as well and made a bit of a plea to all of you Bomber fans to make this thing a home game on Sunday afternoon at Mosaic Field uh, the coach is pretty clear The crowd has meant so much to this team, and uh, with the Grey Cup being just uh, a few hours away to the West, he is hoping that Winnipeg fans, even if you don't already have plans to maybe look into it, grab a couple tickets, make the drive out to Regina, and hopefully be a part of history if the Bombers can come and help the Bombers become three time defending gray cup champions and at that point there will be absolutely no doubt whether this is a current dynasty in the canadian football league um some really good feedback actually on the not question of the day in the uh, in the chat i like alex how alden darby on defense I, I do think the defense is secondary gonna need to make a few big plays or two the uh, Argos know that they're going to need to sling that football. And McLeod Bethel-Thompson has had some success against the Bombers in the uh, in the past. David Asplund, legs with the bounce back. I don't think there's any doubt. Kicking game, special teams will be very, very important. And Mark Leggio, after a couple of missed converts, including one that got taken back the other way for two, uh, will need to have a great, uh, great game. A pie boy likes Drew Wolitarski, who's been such a reliable target on second down for Zach Caleros. And uh, James Robinson, Andrew Harris, double agent. I think we all know that Andrew Harris is going to be locked in trying to beat his old teammates wearing the double blue. Uh, Again, you can keep on going. Christian Nevis says, is Brady Oliveira unsung? Maybe earlier on, but after leading the way the way he did in the West Final and what is expected to be almost a blueprint of that bomber uh, attack in the cold outdoors in the middle of November. I'm not sure we can really say Brady Oliveira is unsung. That being said, I think he can take himself to a whole nother level in bomber lore. And uh, amongst the uh, top running backs in the Canadian football league with a big, strong game on the weekend. Anyone pop into your mind right off the bat Reem? Yeah, I saw T. Will uh, say it in chat. Uh, I think
1: the secondary going to be key. They got some, you saw their receivers. Uh, this weekend, Curly Gettins with the big game to Daniels had over 100 yards. Uh, I think the secondary gonna be very key, uh, in slowing these guys down and uh, eliminating the big play. Because when the and the Bombers have had tough games, um, they've you know been susceptible to the big play. So I think uh, I'm gonna go with the secondary. Uh, whoever you want to be, Alden Darby. I see people shouting on him. He had a pretty solid game. Uh, a nice reacquisition in the midseason. Um so, you know, whoever you want to pick uh, BA Brand Alexander could be could be any of them. So, uh, I like I'm pretty vague answer but that's what I'm going to go with.
0: Yeah, well, um <laughs> you know what? They listen, I will have time to time to get through all this before we make bold predictions on Friday's program. Um and by the way, I did see a couple of people asking what was up when I was heading to Qatar. So, I'm here for the rest of the week. And the reason why I will not be in Regina taking in all the festivities of what's going to be an amazing Grey Cup week and hopefully seeing the Bombers make history is because, uh, yes, I am going to the World Cup. I am leaving on Saturday. I will get there at some point on Sunday. First order of business. We'll be able to figure out a way to watch the Bombers, hopefully complete the, uh, complete the job in the middle of the night there. And then the plan, technology willing, is is to be back and pretty much be regularly with Remus throughout the week. Although I do have a feeling there'll be a few days where we might need to lean on a couple of our regulars maybe to come and take a bigger role with Remus for some of the daily shows. Uh, but it's all TBA. The one thing I can tell you is that if you follow Winnipeg Sports Talk Twitter and Instagram, certainly my own, at Hustlerama, and definitely follow at Cool Bet Canada on both of the socials, Um, We're going to have a whole bunch of fun content of everything around the world cup uh, fan based, probably some fun food reviews. Just, we're going to have a blast and it's all going to be coming out in those spots. So make sure your bases are covered by following those three accounts. Um, You know what? Okay, I teased this earlier, and I will get to this in just a minute. Um, You know, obviously, our friends at Consolidated Supply have been just such a great um, addition to the Winnipeg Sports Talk team. Uh, I I know Joe, uh, our guy Joe, was out at the at the game on the weekend, uh, along with thirty thousand of you, and he had been working on you know, something that we could do really fun with Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners. And we know that there's nothing more popular on this program than our Friday Marble Races. And we'll roll out the details of the dates for all of this. But we, and again, Remo was away for a couple weeks, so we haven't done marbles for a couple. We said, you know what, we need to make it up. Well, we're going to make it up in style thanks to our friends at Consolidated Supply. Joe... Spicy, my guy Buck, they are putting forth a pair of Bomber season tickets for next year for the winner of the Winnipeg Sports Talk Consolidated Supply Marbles Tournament of Champions. Now, we will get the exact dates. We'll put that out. And I know, Remo, you were thinking about maybe a way to have some people maybe qualify or get involved that aren't with us live on YouTube each and every day. But the long and the short of it is we're going to run up in and around through the month of December. Basically, when I get back, probably around a dozen marble races. Uh, We'll have a couple weeks where we're packed and we're doing marbles probably just about every day. We'll have a schedule for you so you know. And for each of those races, we will qualify the top three marbles to be in the final championship race. We will pick a day in and around the holidays and everyone that qualifies through one of the 12 qualifying races will be in the ultimate finale. And whoever's marble gets into the bin first is going to win a pair of season tickets for the hopefully three-time defending great cup champs. Thanks to our friends over at consolidated supply. I have not been as excited about something on WST working with the sponsor in a long time than when Joe brought this idea up, Reem.
1: Yeah, December traditionally gets uh, kind of slow for, you know, around the holidays, and it'll be something fun uh, that we can do and have a pretty cool prize. So uh, we'll, we'll get that. Stay tuned. We'll get that stuff, uh, that stuff together. There yeah, stuff,
0: good there. and good chance, good chance that we may actually, even though we'll have a regular schedule that will really be beginning in that first week of December when I'm back from Qatar, um, there is discussions that maybe these next couple marble races we actually add qualification in in addition to the normal ones. So Marbles fans, stay with us on a daily basis for the latest updates, but uh, a huge shout-out to Joe and the gang over at Consolidated Supply for their support of WST. Um, We're going to get to all the Jets news coming up in a few minutes with Mike McIntyre. We can tell you that today, lighter skate today, no Appleton, no Dylan DeMello. Hellebuck skated with Wade Flaherty on his own before the skate. Um, We'll go through the lines with uh, Mike McIntyre a little bit later on, on the program. Um, Before we get to Dave Poolin, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. As I mentioned, Consolidated Supplies with us. We're going to be doing the Tournament of Champions marble style on WST heading into the holidays and the New Year's season. Um, But man, if you're thinking already looking ahead to next year, Consolidated Supply they're your first choice for everything to do with golf, irrigation, artificial turf and more. Um, and they're also the club car dealer for Manitoba. And I often was just think about golf carts for golf courses, but there's way more. I, I took a trip through there uh, and saw some of the, uh, let's just say accessories they have for some of these golf carts and how some of these people, some people have tricked them out for their own personal use, maybe for the cottage on the weekend. This could be a great purchase in and around the holidays to get you ready for next year. And there's also a great, you know, industrial use for these. Four-seaters, six-seaters as well to run around workspaces and whatnot. Joe and the gang have got you all covered. So be sure to pop that out. And don't forget, if you're thinking about a big project going into next year, the experts at Consolidated can help you with your new hot tub, which they sell, and amazing outdoor kitchen setups, including great barbecues. Uh, Not to mention, if you've got a need for small engine parts, consolidates the spot for you as well check out their website it's uh, relaunched cte.ca and pop down and see joe spicy and the gang at 1395 niaqua road east um one other thing and we launched this yesterday and we're looking forward to hooking up with josh morrissey at some point in the next little while to discuss it but Wallace & Wallace has been with us uh, for a number of months. And you know, as we get into a quieter time, Wallace & Wallace wanted to team up with us to do something and recognize some of the unsung heroes in our community. And uh, it, we are so excited to be working with Josh, Wallace and & Wallace, and the Dream Factory on this. Um, you know all about unsung heroes on the ice, but what about the ones in our communities, you know, who we're talking about, the guys always first out the door after the storm, cleaning the neighbor's driveway, the mom who coaches the daughter's soccer hockey team and takes charge of the school fundraiser. Uh, with the help of Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners, Wallace & Wallace wants to celebrate the many acts of kindness our unsung community-building heroes do every day. And we are calling on UWST listeners to nominate that person that's making a difference in their community by sending us an email at unsunghero.com at winnipegsportstalk.com. If you know someone who goes above and beyond, take a minute to say thank you. Send us their name and what they're doing to build in a better community. What we'll do is sing their praises by sharing some of the great stories through the month. And at the end of the month, we'll be randomly selecting one lucky unsung hero who's going to win an autographed Josh Morrissey Jets jersey. And every month, Wallace & Wallace is going to make a $500 donation which will be matched by Josh and Margot Morrissey in the name of the Winnipeg Sports Talk listener who submitted the nomination to another group of unsung heroes, the kids at the Dream Factory. So one act of kindness plus a nomination from one of you folks equals $1,000 a month to make a dream come true for a child battling a life-threatening illness. Send your nomination to unsunghero at and you can see the page up Uh, That Remus has up on the screen. If you go into the description of today's show, you can click on that, head over, and if anyone would like to make a donation or support the Dream Factory as a part of this, we would love to hear all about it. And uh, as I say, Josh will join us at some point in the near future to talk about his work with the Dream Factory this season and being a part of this. So, Thanks to Wallace and Wallace and thanks to Josh Morrissey for making this happen. Very, very exciting for us to be a part of it. And hey, before we get to Dave Poolin, gotta thank our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market. If you're looking for great prices on natural and or organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, pop by one of seven Vita Health Fresh Markets. When you shop at Vita Health, you're supporting a great local company, family-owned and operated since 1936, also carrying Winnipeg's largest assortment of local health products. And listen, with everything we're hearing about how sick people are getting right now, It's a great time to remember everyone that November is considered men's health month. Choosing the right natural health products are key. Vita Health got you covered with everything you need to help relieve prostate issues, reduce stress and support mental focus from Canadian brands like Prairie Naturals who donate a portion of their sales to the Canadian men's health foundation. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives, seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. All right. All right. We'll get to the Jets with Mike McIntyre in a few minutes. But first up, let's hook up with TSN hockey analyst Dave Poulin on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Dave, how are you? Great to have you back on Winnipeg Sports Talk.
2: I'm doing great, Andrew. And, you know, it, it's been a whole fun weekend with the festivities in Toronto, as you might imagine. But uh, I was also at the luncheon yesterday, which was um, the Elmer Ferguson Award for the writer went to Elmer Morganti, Philadelphia writer, and then the Foster Hewitt Award, of course, went to Bill Clements, who's another Philadelphia guy. So <laughs> a heavy Philadelphia tint for all, the, uh, for all the grief Philadelphia takes about fans and, and, you know, relationships and everything else. I was actually invited to sit at one of Al's tables. And, you know, I was sort of thinking to myself, this is kind of cool because I'm not sure in today's game that a lot of the players are inviting a beat writer to sit at their table and i don't think he's he's about my age and we went through it all together went through a lot of things together went through mike keenan together for four years um we went through the pelly lindberg situation together al was very close to pelly and and he was actually one of the first three people at the hospital that morning so we've been through a lot together and i was quite flattered when he called me and asked me to join him at his table and, uh, you know, just to see it, it's kind of a a, a pretty quaint affair, like maybe 60 to 80 people, you know, Commissioner Bettman and, and uh, Bill Daly are both there. And, and just the people, the quality of people and the writers and past winners, uh, it was really, really a fun event. Both guys did a great job with their speeches, no surprise. And then, of course, just watching last night and the guys going in. And now this is... A reminder for me, because this is a little bit after when I played. Now the players are going in with Zedines. And, and one of the most shocking things, Andrew, that I found out in a conversation that became evident as we got into it, but was chatting with Daniel Alfredson in Ottawa about a week and a half ago. And I had no idea there were only four Swedes in the Hall of Fame until this year. That was stunning to me with the quality of Swedes that have played in the National Hockey League and all across, you know, it's the hockey hall of fame, not the NHL Hall of Fame. But the fact that there were only four prior to these three going in, does that surprise you? Did would you I, even have any idea of that?
0: That that I would have uh, I would have taken the over big time on that. I Absolutely. Mean, you know, we've just had, I mean, certainly here in Winnipeg. I mean, we think of Alf Nielsen and Anders Hedberg and Thomas Steen, I and mean, maybe not necessarily Steen being a Hall of Famer, he's certainly in the Jets Hall of Fame, but I mean the Swedes were everywhere and Right. Obviously the you know, the moments with Borea Salming there at, um, at the Scotiabank arena for those Leafs games was um, pretty tear jerking stuff. And incredibly speak- powerful. So that one, Andrew, I'm going to touch on
2: because that one kind of crossed three pieces for me. I grew up in the mid seventies in Toronto as a huge Leaf fan. So that was Borya and Daryl Sittler's teams. And they were our heroes. And I was at, All six Canada Cup games in 1976, my buddy and I, who I, by the way, I took to the luncheon yesterday, my best buddy since I've been 14 years old, and took him to luncheon yesterday. And we were at those games in 76 when the Leaf fans were cheering for Borea when he was playing against Canada. And I don't know if you remember that, but it was pretty controversial because they were cheering for Borea. And it was like, wait a second, he's playing against Canada. You can't cheer for him. And then, of course, I had the opportunity to play with Daryl Sittler and got really close to him and, you know, I've maintained a good relationship with Sid along the way. So I went from my heroes to my peers playing against Borea and with Sittler back to them on the weekend being my heroes again and watching like a fan and, and with emotion when Daryl raised Borea's arm in that, you know, to wave to the crowd. And man, oh, man. What a brutal disease that is! But what a special moment for everyone.
0: It was, and I mean, a huge stick tap to Sheldon Keefe. I mean, starting all six Swedes for that game was um, was a very, very cool way to um, kind of give a nod to uh, the country, the great Swedish players that were going into the hall, and of course, uh, Leaf great Borea Salming. Dave, just before we move on, you mentioned you were there as a guest of Al Morganti. It got me thinking: how different is the relationship right now between players and the media than when you played?
2: Well, I, I think the fact that I was invited to be at a small group table would speak to that, and uh, and Keith Jones was there as well. But Jonesy was because of his radio work with Al over the years. Like they've been on, I think Al's been thirty-one years on the morning show in Philadelphia, um, and oh, it's wow. just changing over now. Yeah, and Jonesy's on there with them. So I I think just very different. And you know, we had we had four papers in Philadelphia in the early '80s, like. Think of the beat writers on that, Jay Greenberg being one of them, and and great columnist Bill Lyon and Ray Dinger and just some you know Hall of Fame names. And Al was a young guy, and he'd flip into the room, you know, bouncing around, he'd have a knapsack over his shoulder, he'd have no pen and paper, and long before recorders, and 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 he'd sit down and talk to you. I'd be looking at him going, Are you taking any notes, Al? And he'd say, Ah, Pooley, I'm never gonna make you look bad. Come on, I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> Just like, okay. But he was also recruited away to go to the national when Frank DeBord started that publication, which I guess was the forerunner to the athletic essentially, you know, and that the first national sports publication. But it was very different then. I mean, you could go out and you could have a cocktail with the beat writer and you could have conversations that would be, you know, you would say, well, this is off the record with full confidence that it was off the record and it was background. And I just think it was it was healthy, I think all the way around. And, and I think it's unfortunate now, just in today's day and age that it's almost not allowed because of social media, because of everything else, um, because of the, the flow of information, it's very, very different. And, and I think it was healthier with the relationships that we were able to have on both sides.
0: Dave Poulin's with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Let's get to uh, the team everyone here follows most closely, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, man, the Jets have had a great run since we last spoke and pull up the standings on TSN today. They're the Winnipeg Jets, first place in the Central, uh, tied with Dallas, but with a game in hand, coming into another Hall of Fame game with Timu and Teppo going in here in Winnipeg on Thursday. Dave, what have you seen from the Jets? Uh, you know, we talked about that road trip where... They got the points, but they certainly did not play very well, and Connor Hellebuck was brilliant. Rick Bonus comes back, acknowledges that that was nowhere close to where they needed to be, and it seems like the team has been building game by game with Bones back now on the bench, and uh, what a great start for a team that had a lot of question marks coming into the year.
2: I think it has been a great start, and it's across the board. If you were going to sit here and tell me that would be the record, Andrew, and Nikolai Ehlers had played two games, and Kyle Connor had two goals, I'd be saying, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And I still think the best is yet to come for this team. And, you know, even the defensive has been maligned in the past and has had a couple of guys out. Um, Josh Morrissey is elevating to the level that I don't think surprises anyone, but it's an all-around game that's really, really solid. The offensive side is there, the confidence. He's so confident in his skating ability. And when I watch a decision at the offensive blue line I watch it with a person who's so confident that if it doesn't go his way there, he's, he's going to, one of two things are going to, or one of three things are going to happen. He's going to be able to recover. His partner's going to recover for him, or one of the forwards is going to be back in good shape. And that's the defensive structure that you talk about. The defensive structure can happen at the offensive blue line. It can happen at the top of the circles. Why does that defenseman, why does Neil EO Piong think he can crash down the hash marks on a wrap, he thinks that because he thinks he's going to have somebody backing him up, and that's what I'm seeing right now. And you know, I, I rely on Jamie McLeno a lot for my goaltending expertise. Uh, and he told me before the year that Connor Halabek was going to have a tremendous year. I mean, he said Halabek's going to be great, and and that has been the case. David Riddick has been fine in the backup role, and they'll figure that rotation out and how best that suits. But I think you know when you turn this up a notch, when you bring a healthy Nikolai Ehlers back in this lineup, he changes the dynamic of that whole group and and how you use them and how the pieces might or might not fit together. It just increases the flexibility that much. And to no one's surprise, and certainly not ours, uh, yours and mine, because we've talked about it, Rick Bonus is coaching and he's coaching. And even when he gets fired up, uh, it was interesting the other night, I'm watching and it was the 3-2 Seattle game I think it was the penalty calls which were i think you know i think it was when dylan got involved with burakowski and it was a livid livid situation when schmidt got hit from behind and but then right when rick was done with his rant <laughs> with the, with the ref, he went right back to coaching like it was like you know what i'm coaching again you know we're, we're gonna find a way to win this hockey game when i was watching that game even, you know, from my sofa, from the comfort of my sofa, I had a different confidence in the fact that they were going to win the game. And I, that's just the way I felt. And, you know, through, through, you know, and, okay, with four seconds left, maybe that was a little dramatic, but I thought going through the third period, they were going to find a way. Um, they do have to learn to hit the net a little bit more, but I think that, you know, and give it a chance, give the other goalie a chance to mess up or a chance to be a rebound or whatever, but... You know, I still think there's a gear ahead of this one. They're playing better than when they played early in that in that point stretch. You know, but what seven two and one in the last ten? I think I still think there's another gear here.
0: Dave, going back to the Seattle game, um, in that second period, in the aftermath of that Burakovsky hit, there was a couple of instances where things got going, and you'll recall Blake Wheeler getting into it, and yeah. Like, and Blake sort of escalated things a little bit more. I mean, he was very pissed off and he uh, ended up taking a double minor outside of the other coincidentals. He came out of the penalty box and literally made a vintage Wheeler move that, I mean, if he had scored, it would have been one of the goals of the year for the Winnipeg Jets. And then there he was in the last minute of the game, banging one in for his 300th. Um, we had a couple of conversations about the situation Wheeler was going to be in this year after losing the captaincy, after seeing a real change of the dressing room and the atmosphere around the club. Um, I'm just interested in what you've seen from Wheeler so far as a player, maybe what you took out of his performance on Sunday and how he's handled um, you know, what he was served with at the beginning of training camp
2: it's been really interesting to watch and it'd be easy for me to say now, because I went from having the sea in Philly to not having it for a very brief week and a half to moving on to Boston to, for the first time in, you know, seven, six and a half years playing without the weight of the sea on my Jersey in Boston. And there was a freedom to it. Now, this is a different team, different situation um, because it was, you know, I had been moved But I had long talks with Ray Bork about it and him saying to me, don't change a thing you do. I want you to do exactly what you did when you were in the captain's role. And, and by the way, I'm going to rely on you to handle some of the other stuff. So now you've got a guy in the room who's worn the sea, who's felt that responsibility. And maybe it's a more shared responsibility now. And that was the goal of Rick bonus in making the move that he made. But I thought coming out of the penalty box I think there were three really good chances that he had on top of the one you talked about. I think there were a total of three where I thought this guy, he's going to score a goal. Now he's so mad, but he's channeling that, which is, I think exactly the way he's channeled everything else that's happened at the start of the year. Um, the team is off to a good start. And, and what, what guys realize, and you know, and I know we've spoken about this on the show, it, it, it is all about it. Now I wrote a column on Sunday and, and, that sparked some interesting conversation because i used the word selfish in the title and i said you know when teams aren't going well guys have to be a little more selfish in the way they play they have to be willing to shoot on a two-on-one whether they're looking for the perfect pass um each guy whatever he does whether it's make a tremendous save or whatever has to be selfish in preparation to do that and as much as that's a word that you don't like in a team sport you need individuals to be selfish at what they do best within a team concept. And so I would say that that Blake Wheeler's had some of that responsibility taken away, but knows that he still has to be one of the best players on this team. And I think that's where we're getting to right now with Blake Wheeler.
0: Well, I mean, the big questions going into this season, how would Wheeler react and how what would he be like? And he, I think, is certainly pulling his weight right now. And I'm interested in your thoughts on the start that Mark Scheifele's had. Uh, it has been a little bizarre with the absence of Ehlers and Kyle Connor seemingly being snake bit. Uh, that Shifley's on a Cy Young pace right now. But um, it, m- more so than the goal scoring, though, it is, you know, the way he is, you know, being committed to doing some of the things that, frankly, were lacking last year. And as much as, you know, you have to score goals to win, you also have to be committed when you play that, you know, big minutes in big situations. And um, so far, so good for with, uh He's backed up everything that he said in the summer so far this year. I
2: love your Cy Young reference because we always use that. And when you're talking to somebody and you say that and they're not clicking in what that means exactly. And of course, you know, a Cy Young, a winning record in baseball pitchers, you want a winning record and that's no losses. Well, that's also no assists. So he's he's 10 and 2 and the early clubhouse leader for the Cy Young. Uh, the one you didn't want was you didn't want to win the Masters. You didn't want to be sixteen under, right? Yeah, and uh, you didn't want anything to do with the green jacket. But you did. You know the Cy Young is an interesting one because, just as I talked about, um, the, the goal scorers having to be selfish. I mean, a goal scorer has to be selfish. And right now, without Connor scoring, without Ealers in the lineup, they need more scoring. Well, Mark Scheifele has has provided that, and. Once again, what better way to reinforce that if you play the right way, you're going to score your goals than to have 10 goals in mid-November, which I believe is the best start that Mark Scheifele's ever had and, you know, one of the leading goal scorers of the National Hockey League. And so I think that's all reinforced, and it's easy to look at the young players and and pass it on and say, okay, Cole Perfetti, here's how we play.
0: If you polled the rest of the National Hockey League over opposing players that pissed them off the most... How high would Pierre-Luc Dubois be on that list? Pretty high.
2: <laughs> Pretty high. Then ask the next question. Who wants him on their team? Pretty high. <laughs> Pretty high. Um, it's one thing when a guy like that's annoying. It's another thing when a guy like that's annoying and he's really big. <laughs> you know, Usually those are, the, those are the guys that had to uh, compete their way into the league or compete their way up that end up being like that. Man, he is a handful to play against. That power move when he decides he's going, um, and it's a combination of the skill and the power. And once again, when you have that line going, then it takes the heat more off of Shifley. It just does. And so the dispersion of that, you know, when you trade for a really good player like that, and it took Pierre Luc a while, I think, to to get you know to where he had to go and where he is now playing. And your immediate question, if you're one of the best players in the team is, okay, where does a really good player fit in on this team? And once it's established, Mm -hmm. this isn't a threat. It's a compliment because if he's going and the other team decides that they've got to match up against him, even for three shifts in the second period, that's three shifts. You don't see the top pairing D because their line is going so well. And so I think when you get to that understanding as a player, You realize that we want good players, and and I'm not worried about my role. My role, I'm a really good player. My role will be just fine. Um, You can call me whatever you want to call me. Uh, I'm going to play
0: really well. Dave, one more on the Jets uh, before I got a couple other things than the rest of the National Hockey League for you. But, um, you know, Cole Perfetti's had a real nice start to the season. They are counting on him to produce. He's got, what, three goals, five assists, and 14 games so far, playing with Dubois and Blake Wheeler for the most part. Uh, But I go back to that Calgary game, and I think we all knew that Calgary was going to be in a very ornery mood. They had been in a slump. They hadn't won in a couple weeks. And there was also quite a bit of physicality and extracurriculars in the preseason games between these two teams. Uh, It really did seem like some of the bigger bodies on Calgary were particularly making sure that Cole Perfetti paid the price there was a couple big hits and he did get frustrated at one point and sort of took a retaliatory cross check penalty um if you're rick bonus what is the message to cole perfetti and what does a young player at that size have to learn to be at his best and thrive in games against teams like the calgary flames where you know they're going to be running at you at all chances
2: you're going to be tested until you're not you just are And there's going to come a time when they realize that it doesn't have an effect on the player. It doesn't have an effect on the way he plays. And then you're not. And it's just like, you know, it's just like being small in the national hockey league. You're small until you're not small. Like do you hear anyone right now say that Matt Zuccarello, he's too small. Of course they don't because he's a great player. And it's the same way when you come into the league as a young player. And I'm not, it's not size related. I'm watching Young centerman in Ottawa, Shane Pinto, now, and he's a big kid. He's 6'2, 210. He's being tested the same way Perfetti is. And, you know, it's about knowing that they can handle the type of game that they can handle. And they've done it all the way up. And the difference at this level that's kind of that they'll figure out they've got way more support and way more protection in their lineup than they had anywhere else along the way. You know, when they were the best player and they were 15 or 16 and they got challenged, they didn't have, you know, whomever you want to say, they didn't have Adam Lowry coming in behind them or, you know, any of the big dudes coming in behind them to, to, to help support them. And they know they've got that now. But I don't think that's going to be a factor for Perfetti. He's going to be tested because... Because he's a skilled player, and that's what it'll take. But he'll also get to a point where he can play any type of game, and that's what he
0: has to prove. Dave Poulin's with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Dave, heading back, and I know you've been globetrotting. I mean, been in a whole I whack load of cities following and doing TSN broadcasts for the Sens and the Montreal Canadiens. I have to ask you about the New Jersey Devils. The Devils, at the beginning of the season, and you know often we're paying attention to the Jets and these teams out in the, in the West – Uh, But I do remember that there was quite a uh, ferocious fire Lindy chant two or three games into the season. And then on the weekend, I turned the game on. And in the third period, the Devils fans, and credit to them, are chanting, sorry, Lindy, as this team is now 12-3 and and has won nine in a row. What has gone on with the New Jersey Devils? And for people that have not seen this team, is this a mirage? Are they for real and um. What is behind the success that they've had leading their division right now at this early point?
2: Yeah, it's really fun. And, you know, I don't think a crowd has ever apologized to a fan before. I know in the cities I played in, they didn't, or to a coach rather, and their apology was great. But I was there Thursday night, so I saw them play an exhibition. They had about half the team dressed that night, and I thought, okay, this team has a chance to be really fast. And I think Jesper brought. Andrew is one of the most underrated players in the National Hockey League. Um, he, his The speed he brings is up front, but they've changed over the defense. And John Marino is probably the key piece. Brendan Smith is a good piece, but John Marino is probably the key piece that they brought in. And what he's done is he's let them level out the minutes. So Damon Severson was playing 24, 26 minutes a night last year. He's down to like 18. And in that game, uh, the goaltender got hurt and got run over late second period. And so it's about halfway through the third period. He comes out and he starts a third period. It's a close game. And about halfway through the third period, they sneak the young kid in. And and I, I honestly think they tried to sneak him in and not make an announcement. So Ottawa didn't know. I really do. <laughs> and, and they got him in there and they ended up winning the game at, in... Overtime, and uh, overtime shootout, and overtime. And they're really fast. That's the bottom line. Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer's taken his game to a different level. He's showing a maturity that's just flat out different. Um, you know, Jack Hughes, you talk about first line center, second line center, effectively Jack Hughes is playing on the second line right now, and it serves them very well. And so their matchups are good. They move the puck very well. They're a very fast team to watch. And and you notice that when you're calling the game on how fast and the speed they played with Ottawa finally in the third period was able to slow them down a little bit, but um, I, I think they're going to compete all the way through. And I think they're going to compete for a playoff spot.
0: Uh, fun team to watch right now. And i uh, certainly nice for those fans. who have had a few rough seasons going forward. Uh, Dave, thanks so much for doing this. Have a great week. Uh, I'll talk to you in a couple when I get back from Qatar. Who knows? Maybe we'll hook up while I'm there. Everything's somewhat up in the air. We'll figure out how it goes when I get there. But uh, thanks so much for doing this, and enjoy the games tonight.
2: Always a pleasure. And have fun over there. I mean, you're getting—it's pretty cool. That you get to experience something like this, and you know, we get to do very neat things in the world of sport. But you're going to experience something that—and uh, no pressure or anything. But we all of Canada will be watching.
0: Oh, great stuff with Dave Poole and one of our favorites here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And uh, by the look of the chat during that, one of your favorites as well. He was uh, he was great. All right. We're going to get to the Jets and the Bombers with Mike McIntyre coming up in just a couple minutes. We will have a little bit more on the Grey Cup and some of the big news in and around the Canadian Football League over the last 24, 48 hours, as well with Naylor coming up before the end of today's program. Don't forget, gang, if you popped in a little bit late, we do have the why not question of the day out for your perusal. Who is the X factor, in your opinion, for the Bombers in Sunday's Grey Cup game against the Toronto Argonauts? Uh, Not Zach Caleros or Brady Oliveira, but maybe a more unsung player that you think could have a big impact and help the Bombers get over the top and make it three in a row. Hit us up in the chat and in the comments of today's YouTube episode. Of course, Not Autocorp's ready for the holiday season and the upcoming winter. If you don't have your winter tires yet, what are you waiting for, folks? Uh, Not Autocorp has winter tire specials and the MPI payment plan. Why not get safe winter tires now and pay later? You can do that over at Not Auto Corp. And of course, if uh, the winter's here and you've been thinking about potentially upgrading your vehicle or getting a new one, why not get down to Knot and get into the car of your dreams at a great price with the help of the Knot team? Uh, they've also got detailing and more. And if you're looking to sell a car, the consignment program ever at Not Auto Corp is second to none. They'll certify, detail, re-market your vehicle, remarket your vehicle to maximize its value and handle all financing and work. You can just sit back and wait for a big check. Not Autocorp, Waverly and McGilvery, or check them out online at not.ca. Well, there is a lot of excitement for the upcoming World Cup, and if you don't have your Canada gear already, I suggest you get down ASAP to Royal Sports at 750 Pemina Highway. Of course, they are your superstar for all fan gear in pretty much any sport. Massive jet selection, tons of new bomber gear, getting ready for the Big Grey Cup on the weekend. If you're heading to Regina, pop by, grab a bomber toque and a scarf. Oh, and the new WST, New Era toques, are also available at Royal Sports. Limited quantities, and you can also check those out on our website at winnipegsports.com on the store if you have not done it already. Of course, Royal Sports, your World Cup headquarters as well, Canada and gear from around the world. And of course, Royal's also the hockey superstore. If you have any hockey needs from a simple skate sharpening to a full new goalie equipment setup, Royal Sports is the place to go. 750 Pemina Highway. Hit them up online as well at Royal Sports for uh at, at Royal Sports for the latest merchandise drops and sale information that's royal sports pembina on instagram and hey we owe you guys a suit show we will do a suit show very soon and uh obviously we'll be rocking our new suits from f apparel folks if you need to upgrade your wardrobe get on down to Smith Street. talk to andrew and his great staff the entire process was a breeze Pick out your fabrics, your style, the color you want. They'll get you measured up, and in a few weeks, you'll have a beautiful new suit. And guys, if you're planning on tying the knot or in a wedding party, why don't you talk to the gang over at F Apparel uh, about their great special for wedding parties. If you and the fellas get booked in and measured by the end of November, you'll get a 10% discount on all of your suits, and everyone will receive a free shirt as well savings of up to $130 ahead that's all down at F apparel great sponsors of Winnipeg Sports Talk 190 Smith Street and online at F that's e p h apparel.com all right i think we're going to be hooking up with Mike McIntyre in a couple minutes so there may be a little bit of a connection issue right now um while we wait to make that happen Let's give you a little bit of an update from practice today for the Winnipeg Blue, uh, Winnipeg Jets. And this was some good news from Jets camp today. I saw Scott Billick reporting this earlier that Rick Bonus spoke afterwards and said that Nikolai Ehlers will practice on Wednesday if he shows up feeling like he did today. That is great news. It has been A real mystery as to what's up with Nikolai Ehlers after playing the first couple games. Originally, they said they were expecting 7 to 10 days. Well, rest assured, it's been far longer than 7 to 10 days. But the Winnipeg Jets have been able to maintain their spot up at the top of the Central Division right now. And uh, certainly a great situation for the Jets to be playing the way they have been, to be where they are in the standings, and to be on the verge of getting Nikolai Ehlers back into the lineup. Uh, no Appleton today. No Dylan DeMello. And um, obviously, as we just mentioned, Nikolai Ehlers potentially could return to practice very, very soon. All right, let's hook up with Mike McIntyre right now from the Winnipeg Free Press, who uh, joined us on location, I believe, from he might actually be at WFP headquarters right now. Mike, what's up?
3: I am. I uh, I actually had some computer issues here, Huss, uh, coming off the road trip, so day of maintenance if you will for me I wasn't down at the rink uh wasn't down at the rink today I'm actually off I got back from Seattle last night and had some computer issues which uh look to have been taken care of but yeah down here at the building you can see the uh the big buffalo behind me here and uh, yeah, yeah always nice to put in an appearance uh, see some colleagues and co-workers that I don't get to see a whole lot so it's a, a day well spent so far
0: yeah. Sign of the times where it's like a big reunion, just when you go into work for one yeah. day, but uh, as it is right now, we you know, you guys have been all over. Well, you know what? Yesterday there was so much hype about the bombers, big win. we did obviously talk about the jets on the weekend, but you were there. Um, let's maybe before we get into looking ahead to the hall of fame game, and this upcoming homestand and the latest on the squad, talk about what you saw right now. And Mike, I actually want to back it up to the Calgary game. If we could to start it off, um, You know, this is the Jets' first loss in a while and the Calgary Flames' first win in a while. A really, I mean, a a hard-fought game on both sides. We knew Calgary would be in an ordinary mood going in. And from my perspective, a game that the Jets were right there with Calgary, but unfortunately, it was the special teams that ended up really being the undoing of the Winnipeg Jets, not taking advantage of a glorious five-on-three power play opportunity, and then giving up the winning goal to Trevor Lewis shorthanded.
3: Yeah, and it looked incredibly like two straight nights, they might lose on a goal to a former teammate because Brandon Tanev's goal was going to stand as the winner uh, until the uh, the last-second heroics from Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley. You know, I wrote in my piece today, Huss, that sometimes, uh, you know, the old saying, don't ask how, just how, how many. I think in the case of the Jets, though, you do ask how sometimes and how they were able to pull this latest victory out. Um, Really speaks volumes about the team right now and to to rebound the way they did, you know, first regulation loss in eight games, not letting it snowball, um, you know, not coming home empty handed after a a busy weekend and to kind of stick with it the way they did when maybe things didn't look like they were going to go their way. You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois hits the crossbar there late in the game and you figure, okay, that was that was it. But credit to the Jets. Um, for finding a way to get it done and and to grab two points. And now they can look to kind of start a new winning streak, um, you know, fresh off the one that just snapped in Calgary. And that's what good teams do, right? And I guess the jury is still out on how good this Jets team might be. But I think we're starting to see some evidence piling up, Haas, that uh, this team might just be surprising a lot of people, including – you know, folks here in Winnipeg who maybe thought they uh, they didn't have it in them. Um, you went down the list of all the things this If If you were to have been told that Nikolai Ehlers and Kyle Connor would have two goals combined between them, and this team would be 9-4-1 and on top of the Central, up there among the league leaders in the Western Conference and the NHL, you, you would have been stunned. But that's where the Jets are, and uh, good for them. They found a way to get results, even in games where they haven't always had their best. And I think it really starts husk in their own end. The Winnipeg Jets have given up the fewest number of goals in the National Hockey League. That, that is, you know, that's remarkable for a team, given the defensive struggles that they've had. And I think that right there is exhibit A of Rick Bonus's system, you know, starting to pay off.
0: Yeah, you're you're certainly not wrong. That was not a uh, that was not a stat, Mike, that um I think anyone was expecting right now and you're exactly right. 33 goals against is the lowest in the NHL and um you know, listen, they played a couple more less games than a team like the Boston Bruins. Who have 35, but the Boston Bruins are 14 and two right now. So to be comparing themselves with those top teams, obviously a great, great bit of uh, an early season development. But as Rick bonus said, lots of work to continue to be doing, Uh, but some nice results and some good reinforcement for what they have been working on. Um, Back to the weekend, I mentioned the game against Calgary. I mean, it was sort of a similar story from both games, Mike, in that, Pierre-Luc Dubois was an absolute pain in the ass for both the Flames and the Seattle Kraken. And Dubois uh, Dubois ended up, you know, drawing that penalty that gave the five on three <laughs> in Calgary and then ended up drawing Carson Soucy into a stupid and real cheap shot, to be perfectly honest, late in the game that allowed the door to open for the Jets to just walk in. I mean, what have you seen from Dubois? We knew last year he was the most penalized player, but he was also the guy that drew the most penalties. He has just been absolutely getting in the grills of so many opponents right now. And frankly, it's helping the Winnipeg Jets get opportunities. And man, did they make the
3: most of it on the West Coast on Sunday night? He is... Uh, an absolute pain to play against right now, and Pierre-Luc Dubois is uh, he, well. He's on a one-man mission, hus to beef up the players' emergency assistant fund uh, assistance fund, because he he alone has contributed, or he's he's got $7,500 worth of contributions.
0: Yeah. You know what, Mike, Mike, I don't know if you can hear me, but um, we're going to actually give you a phone call just because the wifi is cutting out. We're having a real tough time uh, hearing you right now. So Remo will get you on the horn. You'll hear me. And um, we'll get a nice picture of Mike, maybe with Piper up to remind you of Mike's wonderful fireside chats at home with his cute little dogs. Um, but we will get that in. And, you know, as Mike mentioned, I mean, Dubois has been impactful in a number of ways. I mean, he had scored in four straight games. He had done a number of things that, you know, had really helped the Winnipeg Jets win. But right now, I mean, the frustration level that he is imposing on uh, they are, their opponents right now has been a real impactor. Okay, Mike, are you, you're you back now. We were going to give you a phone call just because it wasn't working. If you cut out again, we will do that. But uh, you can just get back to how Dubois had been lining up the uh, the fine total
3: for the National Hockey League. The man, is, the man is doing charitable work these days, Haas. Uh, very charitable of him. You know, he's got what I suspect some would say is a punchable face, uh, given the way he plays, right? Like, Pierre-Luc Dubois is the kind of guy, you're glad he's on your team. And, you know, you you because let's face it, he gets under Guy's skin. And we're seeing it game in and game out. Um, you know, and he's... <laughs> to his credit, like he's also contributing offensively as well. Of course, he's scored some big goals, set some, some goals up, but the intangibles that he's bringing right now and, and what that means for the jets, like to, to sucker Susie into that sucker punch, obviously gets a offensive zone faceoff, gives the jets the chance to have a six on four and they made the crack and pay for their sins. Um, so I think, Pierre Luc Dubois, if you ask him, he he'd probably gladly take a punch to the head every game uh, if it means that he's able to uh, to help his team win. And right now, he's doing a lot of things uh, to help his team win. And uh, you know, you need that because the Jets, of course, they're still shorthanded. They they don't have Nikolai Ehlers now for the last dozen games. Looks like they might be getting him back fairly soon. Kyle Connor still uh, ice cold and snake bitten. Uh, but when you got Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of on his game the way he is and a real burr in the saddle, if you will, of of opponents, it's uh, it's a real plus. And I can tell you, the Jets are very happy to have Pierre-Luc Dubois in the fold. And us, you know, for all the talk of Pierre-Luc Dubois pending UFA in the summer of 2024, where might he go? He might have no choice but to stay in Winnipeg. The other 31 teams, they're going to hate his guts. <laughs> By 2024 at this rate. (laughs) Well, it's funny. I brought that up with Um, Dave
0: Poulin later on. And I said, "Uh, you know, if you did a a power poll, the most hated guys around the league, where would Pierre-Luc Dubois? And he'd be, uh, be, well, he'd be right up there. There'd also be uh, about that many teams that would be saying, uh, I wouldn't mind having him on my team, so we don't have to deal with that on the other way. So certainly has been a nice start to the season, especially considering the off season right now. And, you know, hopefully a strong season for Dubois personally and for the team might Make uh, clear a path to potentially keeping him here long term for the Winnipeg Jets. I want to talk about Wheeler, but before that, um, what did you think of Cole Perfetti on the weekend, and particularly the uh, the 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 physical nature of that game on Saturday and how he was in some ways targeted, the frustration that he had we talked to Dave earlier about that on, you know, from Rick bonus's perspective and from a young player's perspective, at what point, what are the challenges to, you know, being able to survive those sorts of games. You were in the building. What did you think of Perfetti on Saturday and on Sunday coming off a pretty rough ride in Alberta?
3: Well, it really was. And, you know, you go back to those two last preseason games against the flames. Cole Perfetti took a physical beating in those games as well. And, uh, you know, I think the, the, the Flames certainly have a way that they are playing this young man. And I, I suspect word will get around. You know, he said Cole Perfetti. He's got to learn um, in some ways to not put himself in position where he's taking the beating that he is. Like, this is a guy, obviously, through his junior career, um, he was usually, you know, one of the best, if not the best player on the ice. And he didn't have to worry about getting hit a whole lot. Well, it's a different story in the NHL, and I think we've seen some examples where you know he's maybe put himself in some spots to take some big hits, and guys aren't letting up. And I guess the concern, if you're the Jets, you know, Cole Perfetti's not the biggest man out there. Um, he had a couple of injuries last year, and you just wonder can he hold up, kind of pounding that he's taking, if if something doesn't change. So. I thought he rebounded quite well in Seattle, you know, to his credit. Uh, The kind of hits he's taking, like, that could have you kind of shying away from some of the things you need to do. And I think we saw, you know, Cole Perfetti, along with most of his teammates, bounce back really well a night later. But it is a storyline and something that, you know, to keep an eye on here uh, because you're, you're flirting with potential disaster and certainly injury if he continues to get hit the way he is. Some of it for sure is other teams, you know, taking runs at him. And we've seen some examples of the Jets sticking up for Perfetti. But I think there's also an element of, of where he's exposing himself to some risk. And he's going to have to learn, you know, quickly, hopefully, uh, to protect himself a little better in situations.
0: Uh, Now let's get to Blake Wheeler. Um, It was a really interesting Sunday for him. Um, Midway through the game, after the Burakovsky hit, he got involved in what was already a scrum and sort of uncharacteristically was sort of escalating things. And the refs saw that and gave him not one, but a double minor. Um, First of all, credit to the Jets' penalty killing for stepping up in that situation. And when he got out of the box, Mike, for the second half of that game, I don't know if it looked that way to you. For me, watching on TV, he looked like a completely different player, was absolutely on a mission. Before he even got to the bench, he had that play where he drove to the net. That looked like vintage Wheeler, almost scored. And then, of course, at the end of the game, there he was in those dirty areas, jumping on a loose puck and making the Kraken and Susie pay for that shot at Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, I'll get your thoughts on him. Specifically in that game and how important he was to the Jets' win, but also maybe a bigger picture on Wheeler, the way he's handled the adversity, maybe a bit of a humbling for him at the beginning of the year, and um, you know how he is really still fitting in and being a part of this team when I think a lot of people were wondering how that would work uh, when you take the sea away from a guy that had been the face of the franchise for many years.
3: Yeah, yeah. So you know, I really liked his game. took and how you know he said I'm I'm gonna stick up from my teammate in that situation and and clearly that's something Blake Wheeler did um you know those penalties teams will happily kill Haas like when they come that's not that's not a lazy you know offensive zone hook or a trip or whatever like that is coming to the defense of a teammate that's the sort of thing that that can galvanize a team and I think we were all a bit confused as to how that got called blake wheeler told me after the game there he said the original explanation from the officials was that um, burakovsky uh, was getting a penalty and then he didn't get a penalty and blake wheeler said he thought like at worst they were going to be four on four turns out they were shorthanded for four minutes and kind of adding to the confusion he, he said that officials gave them the choice of being down just two minutes but five on three as opposed to a four minute, five on four, uh, a lot of weird stuff happened in that game, and and that was right at the top of the list. But yeah, credit to the Jets penalty killers. Again, I think those are the kinds of penalties, like players. There's an added motivation and incentive to go out and not let that kind of come back to bite you. And we saw that with with a very aggressive penalty kill for those four minutes. And you're right, Blake Wheeler looked like a guy shot out of a cannon. Uh, when he came out of the box, um, extra kind of giddy up in his step, a burr in his saddle, and you know this is a guy. He's look, he's got uh, what ten points in fourteen games. He's got four goals. Um, he's he by all accounts, he's doing everything you'd expect on the ice. Yes, he's being you know, the good teammate, the good soldier, and I think that speaks to the professionalism and and the class of a guy like Blake Wheeler. Whereas maybe others in that situation would have a much tougher time, you know, swallowing their pride and, you know, kind of going forth for the betterment of the team. I think we're seeing Blake Wheeler be a real team player. And in a way, the Jets are a more tighter, cohesive group because of it. Um, You know, he's playing a couple less minutes a game on average than he is used to. But I think that's a good thing. I think the Jets are still getting, you know, some better bang for their mighty buck and his paid player on the team and they've needed it. And that's been a real positive development here early in the season.
0: Yeah. So uh, the jets still sitting yeah. there in first place. i uh, got a game in hand on the Dallas stars and Colorado avalanche up you know, after losing last night to the St. Louis blues, still a couple points back and now coming back for what's well, an interesting homestand, Mike, you started off. It's sort of the, uh, you started off with the Anaheim ducks, one of the lesser ranked teams in the West You then move into the Pittsburgh Penguins, I believe the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, For a team that is looking for a bit of a boost from Rick Bonus's lips today, uh, if Nikolai Ehlers is feeling like he was today, he will practice tomorrow. I don't think he'd be a, a possibility for Thursday night. I don't know. That's just my speculation. But, man, you just wonder how good this team could look. With Nikolai Ehlers in yeah. the lineup as well, I really felt that they the the one maybe the most glaring time we've said, man, could this team use Nikolai Ehlers was in that Calgary game when a little bit of extra speed and an extra jump might have given them the opportunity to get back in that game and tie it up sure. when they were down in the third period.
3: Well, and I think you know Nikolai Ehlers will will benefit the power play, and I also think Huss, Kyle Connor. Will benefit from Nikolai Ehlers being back in the lineup. Like, I think what what maybe we're seeing a bit with Connor stuck on his two goals and one of them an empty netter on opening night. So he's got one goal in, he's got one goal on a goaltender in 14 games. And and that has come in the last 13, just the one. So, you know, I think Nikolai Ehlers and presumably if Ehlers goes back to that line, how they started the year, I just think that that will open up some additional time and space for Kyle Connor because teams are kind of really swarming him right now. He, he doesn't have a whole lot of time. And I think we're seeing Kyle Connor at times almost second guess himself. You know, how many times has he kind of double clutched or, or, you know, passed up a what looks like a good shot for a pass. Like, I, I just think it's kind of in his head right now. And I think Nikolai Ehlers, ret- for all the reasons, you know, the offense that he brings, the energy, the the skill i also think the the potential to kind of free kyle connor up is as an offshoot of that and yeah i mean look we we don't know exactly what's been ailing Nikolai ehlers only that what was originally talked about as a seven to ten day thing has turned into something much more significant um but he was feeling good today by all accounts. If he hits the ice tomorrow, I'm with you. I, I don't think Thursday's realistic. I don't even know Hus even if he skates tomorrow. I don't know if, if the homestand is even realistic uh, because I don't know what kind of ramping up time he necessarily needs. Um, but, you know, the Jets have bought themselves some, some comfort room here by, by starting as well as they have, putting these points in the bank, um, if they can get Ehlers back and healthy and if he can kind of get the power play going and get Kyle Connor going, um, you know, and, and, and if they don't, if they don't abandon what they're doing well in their own end of the rink, you know, to, for the league, the league low goals against, like if they can maintain that while also adding some additional offense, then look out. This team becomes even more dangerous than they've shown that they are so far no
0: doubt about it mike mcintyre with the winnipeg free press joining us on winnipeg sports talk we'll uh, have uh, plenty of jets talk as we continue the week very exciting night with tamu solani and Tepo newman and coming back to the peg to be honored and inducted into the winnipeg jets hall of fame but of course the other big story is the football team going for three in a row mike uh, what did you uh what do you think of uh the Bombers play? And I know you're in Seattle obviously getting ready for that football game, but you were all over it. Um they do it again and now 60 minutes away from really making history in the Canadian Football League and doing something no team has done since the 1980s. Yeah,
3: and you know, with the it, it's remarkable really because in a league that can be very transient, right, with the number of, you know, the turnover from year to year, Um, guys chasing opportunities in the NFL, injuries, like all of that kind of conspires against the idea of a dynasty. And yet it's on their doorstep, right? The Bombers, and I I think, you know, you win three in a row, you're a dynasty, uh, a modern day dynasty, no doubt. And, you know, I think I'm, I'm not suggesting that it's going to be easy at all on Sunday. I just think, to me, it felt like the biggest hurdle, the biggest obstacle was this past Sunday and the BC Lions. And I think if you look at the way the CFL regular season played out, I mean, the West was the much better division. I, I'm not taking anything away from John and their 11-7 record, but a lot of that pass was built on the backs of playing you know, a lot of games against Eastern teams that weren't as strong as Western teams. And the Bombers... I mean, the, the team to, to, to get out of the West with the BCs and the Calvaries, especially to be the standing, to me, almost passed the toughest test. I don't anticipate in any way, the bombers are going to take the Argos lightly. Um, and this is where experience matters, right? This is a team that has been here, done that many times now they know what it takes. And, um, perfect perfectly honest i'd be shocked if the bombers don't get this done Um, to me this is their game to lose the argos sure they're going to bring their a game i just think the bombers a game is so much better than toronto's or quite frankly as in the league and it's it's truly a special thing these are these are incredible times um you know to be a bomber fan in winnipeg and by extension be a sports fan in winnipeg has you us, you should start a daily sports talk show with all the great sports stuff there is to talk this town. You got the the bombers. You've got uh, the jets in first place. The moose, the ice, they're in first place as well. Like these are uh, these are the glory days, aren't they?
0: Uh, you know what? They certainly are. I, uh, I few days have I been more excited to get things going uh, than I was on Monday. Although I'll be honest, like many Winnipeggers, I could have used an extra day to get ready to get back to work after Sunday. I'm not sure whether those games on Saturday might have been better for everyone's productivity on Monday. Uh, but, hey, we will take it. And I know your colleagues, Jeff Hamilton, Taylor Allen, are already uh, – you should be there by now I'm getting ready for full coverage on uh, hopefully a three-peat yes. on Sunday afternoon. Mike, thanks so much for doing this. Always great to catch up. Uh, enjoy what should be a really awesome Thursday at the arena. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you again very soon. Thanks so much, sure. Mike. Good stuff. Um, Albeit a little bit, uh, there's a little bit of a delay there getting to Mike, but uh, we managed to get through it. Thanks for the patience for people watching on the video. Although as Remus mentioned in the chat, the audio was really good. And that's what's most important for you podcast listeners each and every day. All right. We are going to hear from Dave Naylor and hey, Mike was just mentioning about the Winnipeg ice. The ice have been on such a tear. And for you fans that are looking forward to next year's draft, um, Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats are coming to town. We do have some tickets to give away And I think what we'll do is uh, maybe fire up the wheel of winners uh, at the end of the program. So we're going to talk more CFL with Dave Naylor coming up in just a second. But be sure to stick around in about 20, 25 minutes. We'll allow you very similar to the marble race. We'll give you a prompt. You can get in if you're able to go to the game. We'll spin the wheel and we'll get you some tickets to go see Connor Bedard, but also our own Zach Benson of the Winnipeg Ice who is thought to be a top five pick in this incredibly deep and loaded NHL draft for this year. Um, All right, before we get to Naylor, um, don't forget, if you popped in a little late gang, you could win the ultimate gray cup prize pack from little Brown jug, little Brown jugs, giving away $125 a beer and a hundred dollars Smitty's gift card to one lucky winner. All you have to do is fill out a very short survey that tells them a bit about you and your favorite beers, and hopefully that you heard about them from your boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk. I'm throwing this in the chat right now. If you missed it already, for those of you on YouTube, just click that link. It takes 20 or 30 seconds. It's super short. Um, And if you're listening on the podcast Check out our Instagram at SportstalkWPG, or you can go to YouTube while you're there. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Check the description of today's show, and you'll see the link for the quick survey. You just throw them in your email, and somebody will be a lucky winner of that prize pack, and they'll deliver it to you anywhere in Manitoba. So if you're outside of the Winnipeg area, don't worry about it. Little Brown Jug's got you covered. Um, So anyways, we'd greatly appreciate that. Certainly helps us, and hopefully we can continue rolling long-term with our favorite local beer, the gang, over at Winnipeg at uh, Little Brown Jug. Um, Hey, got to thank Princess Auto. Man, that Princess Auto tailgate zone on the weekend, I I didn't think it could get better from the Banjo Bowl. It might have been better for the game for the Western final. The scene outside with the mobile screen watching the East final Everyone getting a few in them before the game. Um, Man, uh, I'll miss it before getting back to it next season. That being said, Princess Auto is a great sponsor of ours and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Greatly appreciative for that. Obviously, so many things they're doing. The curling community as well, which we'll get to in the coming months. Uh, But Princess Auto is also the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them in person at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panit Road, Portage Avenue West, or you can always shop online 24 365 at princessauto.com. Culligan are the water experts, great sponsors of ours as well, and doing it as a family-owned business for 65 years in Winnipeg. And they really do have everything you'd need when it comes to water products and services. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services, and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Give our friends at Culligan a call for all your water needs at 694-5180. You can pop down and see them at per- in person at 1200 Sergeant Avenue Or find out more online for all their water products and services at drinkculligan.com. I think I mentioned yesterday, I saw our pal Gitch, who I believe is in here today. What up, Sean? As well as Travis Spratt, popped by and said hi at the game. Both enjoying the great taste of the Canadian Club and ginger ale. Man, has that been a hit this summer. And I don't think that's easing up anytime soon because, of course, if you're thinking maybe something a little different than beer but by the beer store you can grab the great taste of canadian club and ginger ale in six packs right now ready to drink no mix needed for that great taste of cc and ginger and of course with the holidays around the corner make sure you pop by your local liquor marts and pick up all the great taste of Canada's favorite legendary Canadian whiskey Canadian Club at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart of course Canadian Club the official sponsor and spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk and with a bit of a slower night tonight in uh, in sports we do have some football games a little bit of hoops But we got a good one coming up on Thursday for Thursday Night Football. The Packers, are they back after that win over Dallas? Well, we'll see. They're taking on the Tennessee Titans. And Boston Pizza is the place to watch all NFL action. And get your chance to win the second grand prize of a trip for two to Vegas to see the Raiders and Niners on New Year's Eve weekend. And of course... A bonus NHL game, Blues and Golden Knights on New Year's Eve. Airfare, hotel, all included. Watch the NFL at BP. Chow down on pizza flights and get an ice cold bud for only five bucks and enter to win that second grand prize. And of course, don't sleep on that fall menu as well. The jalapeno popper dip, unbelievable, highly recommended by yours truly. Also spicy buffalo mac and cheese and the creamy carbonara pizza. All right, stick around for our ice ticket giveaway on the Wheel of Winners. Right now, though, let's head out to Pearson International and welcome in Dave Naylor right before he gets on the plane to the Grey Cup in Regina. Nails, what's up?
4: Uh, getting ready for my 20-something Grey Cup. I I, used to, I I Every once in a while, I add the number up in my head because there's a few that are disjointed. Like, I was at, you know, 88 and 95 and 92 and 96, and then... I was living in Ottawa. There's four years where there wasn't a team in Ottawa. I wasn't covering the league, and I think since uh, 2001, I've made every one. So, so yeah, my my total number is somewhere in the
0: mid 20s. Well, hey, just listen before we get to the Grey Cup and focus in on the Bombers and the Argos. A couple of big quarterback uh, reports, of course, yours yesterday on Bo Levi Mitchell being traded to the Ticats. What was behind that? Why were the Ticats so aggressive at this point to give up assets to get a guy that was going to be a free agent? You know, I
4: I think it was a really tough year for them watching Dane Evans kind of ebb and flow, right? He had the turnover problem. He had a consistency problem. You certainly saw times where he looked like the guy they thought they were signing to a $400,000 a year contract last offseason, but most of the year he didn't. And I think the, the kind of ribbon on that was the fact that when they got into a playoff game, you know, they turn to somebody else. And it's hard, Yeah, you know, it's hard probably to sell the next season the guy you yanked in a playoff game uh, and who came off a very inconsistent season. And I think Hamilton hosting the Grey Cup probably plays into this decision. So, uh, you know, I think it would have been speculated that Bowley by Mitchell might be of interest to Hamilton. His record against Hamilton is unreal. So they've certainly had lots of uh, opportunities to watch him do good things on the field. Uh, At first hand, but I think we, we know this Saskatchewan was likely gonna, going to have an interest. Uh, you know, we don't know what the situation in BC is going to be like next year. We don't know what the situation. I was thinking of this last night. There's only three teams in the league right now that I would tell you, I am very certain of what, who's who will be their starting quarterback in week number one next year. They are Ottawa, Winnipeg, Calgary, and Edmonton. Those four. I'm pretty certain. I know who the week one starting quarterback is, but that leaves five, that at least have some room for, you know, speculation. And, and that's why, you know, Bo's market may be more than just uh, Hamilton. And that's why the Ticats pounce. Now, you know, there's a two month exclusive or two and three month, I guess, exclusive negotiating period. Doesn't mean they get the deal, but you look at, When James Franklin's rights got traded to Toronto from Edmonton, he signed with Toronto. When Nick Arbuckle's rights got traded from Calgary to Ottawa, signed with Ottawa. When Mike Riley's rights got traded from Edmonton, excuse me, from BC to Edmonton, he signed with Edmonton. People in Winnipeg might remember that one because they they were probably hoping they were going to trade for his rights at that time, and instead, Ed Herbie jumped on it. So, you know, teams, I think, generally have a sense of whether signing on the player's signability. I would call it. Not necessarily knowing you've got a deal done before, but you probably know if the guy says, "There's no way I'm going there," right? Like, so, and and if I was Bo Levi Mitchell or his agent right now, I would kind of want it in the water that I'm planning to go to market, and let the Thai Cats talk me out of that. <laughs> you know, that that's basically their job. So, so I think, yeah, that that's the way I read that. Uh, all of it adds up to the fact that I think Bo Levi Mitchell will be a Hamilton Tiger Cat next season.
0: Well, and uh, I'm sure you're going to be feeling a lot more of this once you get to your destination a little later on today. But, uh, man, there's a lot of angst in Ryderville after the season that they've had. We've heard Bo Levi-Mitchell would be a target for them. What do you think is next for the Riders and Cody Fajardo? Well, it would be
4: hard to turn back to Cody Fajardo, right? Because, again, in a game that mattered that they had to win, they turned to another guy. And the other guy didn't have the resume that would tell you he was going to win that game, so it seemed more like, you know, a lack of faith in Cody Fajardo than it did in a belief in in Mason Fine. And and like it wasn't like Mason Fine went out and shot the lights out by any means. So it's, I I don't know how in that market you could now turn and say we believe in Cody Fajardo. And you know what's his rope if you do that? You know how how short is the leash and how ugly could it get? You know, I, I just I just can't see a situation where he's back there. So if Foley by Mitchell's gone to Hamilton, and again, that's not a foregone conclusion. I would call that just a probability based on you know, the, the way those kind of things happen. Where do they go? That's, you know, that gets really interesting. Is you know, Dane Evans at the very least, if Foley if by Mitchell signs in Hamilton is going to need to be restructured. And, you know, that gives him the option to say no thanks and, and seek the market and see if there's an opportunity for him there. Um, but it gets pretty thin after that because, you know, some of the guys that are maybe intriguing as backups and I'll, and I'll throw Chad Kelly's name in there, you know, he's signed. He's under contract to the Argos uh, next year. Um, you start to look at, you know, are you, is Vernon Adams the solution? I mean, there's a lot of guys out there who can do the job, who've looked great for a few games, but there's not going to be a lot necessarily a movement of players that are going to give you that have proven. They can give you a consistent, you know, 18 weeks and, and Trevor Harris is is kind of in that mix as well. He's not signed for next year. He played on a very low market contract this year. I don't think he's going back for that number to Montreal. Uh, but Montreal you know, got pretty good play out of him, especially in two playoff games.
0: Now, when we're talking CFL quarterbacks, I mean, um, Nathan Rourke was the guy that was making the headlines all season long until he was injured, then came back. A valiant performance on Sunday, uh, falling short to the... Winnipeg Blue Bombers you'd been reporting a couple weeks ago Dave that it looked like he would de- was definitely going to have some NFL interest we're seeing Adam Schefter reporting today that these workouts are going to begin next week what can you tell us about NFL interest in Nathan Rourke and where I mean what do you think the chances are that he's back with BC and if he's not what does that do to the Lions offseason
4: well I think it's it was predictable that he was going to get workouts and and look I you know I, I think there were teams that were even interested before NFL training camps opened and Nathan Rourke was shooting the lights out the first, you know, five, six weeks of the CFL season. I think there were, there were teams that even made inquiries about his availability, not knowing that he can't just ditch out of a CFL season. Um, but uh, so yeah, the interest is there. It does, but it doesn't cost the team anything to give a guy a workout, right? Like you, it would behoove you to look at a 24 year old who just shot the lights out in half a season of Canadian football. And the only thing that surprises me is that, as Adam Schefter reported, that, you know, these workouts are going to start basically imminently, which, I mean, the CFL season starts, excuse me, ends a little earlier than usual this year. Uh, and a lot of these, you know, th- there wouldn't seem to be a rush. And given that he's coming off an injury, I'm a little surprised if these are going to start right away. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's going to be up to what opportunity he senses. I mean, questions to be what is his priority? Is his priority to get, in, get his foot in the National Football League door no matter what the role is and no matter what the vision for him may be in that organization, or is it to go in at a place where he can legitimately compete for a number two job. And that's, that's totally up to him. And you can make arguments both ways. I mean, I know people who've said if he's not offered an opportunity to compete for a backup job, he should stay in Canada, you know, make $500,000 a year next year. And, you know, basically raise your stock and, and you're, you're 24. You've got lots of time to go to the NFL you may not be Warren moon who walks into an unqualified number one job, but you might be able to walk into a competitive number two job, which would be more than maybe than he gets offered this offseason. The other side would be just get in the building, let them see who you are, let them see the way you work, wait for the depth chart in front of you to kind of fall down as often happens when you're talking about quarterbacks and your opportunity just lands in your lap. And from an economic perspective, get that pension clock started in the national football league as early as you can. So there's arguments kind of to go both ways. I know when Bo Levi Mitchell went down this road, you know, and he thought that NFL teams, the ones that wanted to sign him, never saw him in as many more, any more than a backup. And he just believed that if he left the Canadian football league to the NFL, there was a good chance he'd never play. And that was not what he was about. He wanted to play. And so he, you know, but he was a little older at that time, a little more accomplished. And, you know, the, the, you can make the argument both ways about Nathan Rourke being younger. You can say one, one, you know, it gives him an opportunity to go to the national football league now and be patient for three or four years, but it also gives him the opportunity that if he thinks he would be better off for his development playing than watching,
0: you know, he can still do that in the CFL. Uh, what does BC do if he signs in the NFL?
4: Boy, it, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be in a game of musical chairs when it comes to quarterbacks, you know, and it's a great question. Did they see enough in Vernon Adams this year, you know, to believe in that, um, you know, we didn't really see Michael O'Connor for more than a half, you know, in in a meaningful situation. So it's really hard to project him as the starter. And then you start, you know, going through the other guys who could be on the market this year, Trevor Harris, you know, Dane Evans, Nick Arbuckle, um, you know, and, and then, you know, that's, yeah, it's, there's definitely going to be some quarterbacks that people don't think are great players that are going to be counted on for next season and probably pretty well paid because of, uh, you know, the market is set by supply and demand, not necessarily the amount of talent that's on the market.
0: Dave Naylor, TSN football insider with us on his way to Regina for the great cop. Of course, all those big CFL stories will be talked about through the week. But as we get closer Sorry, to Sunday,
4: by the way, Hus, I should have thrown Cody Vajardo's name in there. Of course, when I was talking about guys with, you know, suspect yeah. recent resumes who may be counted on next year. He, he would definitely be a guy coming off a disappointing season that somebody's probably going to be in pursuit of this year. Yeah,
0: no doubt he'll get a second chance somewhere as well. Um, but obviously this weekend, it's all about the Bombers and the Argos. What did you think of the uh, championship, uh, divisional championship games and uh, the matchup we've got between uh, the Bombers? And of course, a very familiar face in that Argo backfield that came back on the weekend in uh, true Andrew Harris form. Yeah, I
4: uh, well, one I was glad I got both games right in my uh, prediction head because I was wrong on both the week before. But I, I, I just had a sense that that, uh, you know, I and the Argos are kind of a weird team, right? Because they, like, they've won the East two years in a row, and I've never been part of a conversation where people have talked about whether they're one of the three best teams in the CFL. <laughs> you know, which which is pretty weird, you know, given that it's back-to-back division box. because you know they their quarterback. Is very divisive in terms of people who analyze and follow the game. Uh, he's got a big arm. He can have a half where he looks like you know he could be playing in the National Football League at a at a decent level, and then he has halves where you're like, we gotta we gotta find another guy. You know, like like it, literally there are halves. Where there, I was, there were two games that I was on the panel that his numbers at halftime were atrocious, and his accuracy was all over the field. And the second half, he just morphed into a different guy. Uh, so that kind of. You know, that's a bit of a yin-yang. There's a good side to that. that you know, if he's playing poorly, don't give up. But sometimes you wonder you know, when you're going to get 60 minutes out. Of it. I thought he played pretty well, you know, against Montreal. And and then you've got a team that, that really, the strength of their team has been their quarterback's arm and their defense. You know, they didn't run the ball very well until the second half of the season, actually after Andrew Harris was out. And I think that had less to do with Andrew Harris than it had to do, or A.J. Willette than it did with the offensive line gradually getting healthier. Ryan Dinwiddie kind of challenged them that they wanted to be better at running the football and, and they, and they managed to do that. So, you know, Harris is not only added to the backfield, but, but this is a deep, this is a team that runs the ball a lot better than they used to, uh, you know, at the the start of the year. So, but they just kind of in the weeds. I mean, the fact that four of their wins came against the Hamilton Tiger cats where they were struggling, I think make people go, yeah, okay. I don't know if I believe in these guys. Then, you know, they go into Calgary, and a game that on air, I called it a reveal game. I said, this is going to be a reveal game for the Toronto Argonauts, you know, outdoors, out West, you know, against a team that's a historically tough team to play when you're on the road. And they went out and lost 29 to two. So again, back, back to, in everybody's minds, everyone goes, okay, that's what the Toronto Argonauts are. They can't step up in class. They can win over Ottawa and Hamilton and rack up a bunch of wins that way. But they're really not in that class with the other teams. I think they can win this Grey cup. And I also think they can get blown out. <laughs> like that's yeah. You know, I don't think they can win in a blowout. I don't have Argo blowout on my bingo card, but I can see an Argo win and I can see an Argo get blowout loss.
0: Well, and of course the Bombers are the team that they've got to beat. And what's interesting is if you go back to their head to head matchups over the last couple of years, I mean the Argos might've played the Bombers as well as anybody in the Canadian football league. That being said, it's outdoors. It's the middle of November. It's Prairie football, which the Bombers seemingly were made for. Um, how significant of a favorite should the Bombers be in your mind going into Sunday?
4: You know, I, I would put them somewhere between a touchdown and a field goal. And I think that's about where the line lands, about four and a half. And I actually, the, the two lines last weekend I thought were, were bang on as well. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Andrew Harris. I think that I'm I'm really happy that storyline has happened. Me too. Um, because, you know, it it, it is a great storyline. And here's part of it why. It's worked out for both sides it's not like there's a loser here. Yeah. They're both in the gray cup. Okay. And, and maybe, cause I think someday there's going to be kind of a, a mending of the ways between Andrew Harris and the bombers, right? This tends sure. to happen, right? It's going to happen. And this is a great way to pave it. The road to there, because it's not like he went there and the Argos sucked and his career ended and his he playing in, uh, you know, in the backfield of a three and 15 team. And no, you know, he went down there. He played very well for half a season. He got hurt. He's got a bit of a heroic story coming back. And now he's in the great cup game, which is where he wants to be. And the bombers have moved on and found a suitable replacement, a guy that he helped groom and they've done well. They've, they've, you know, they're in the great cup game. So it's a great storyline to discuss. It's a great storyline to recount. And it's a great storyline to, to see both teams here kind of, cause it is a real uptick on both sides of it for, for each of the parties.
0: Nails, when we look ahead to the game, all the talk is going to be about Zach Caleros and McLeod Bethel Thompson. Well, Actually, before I ask you that, you did report this yesterday. Just what what are you hearing about Zach? Because there was a lot of people holding their breath at the end of the game about his uh, uh, not being able to finish. Um, they're saying all the right things. No one's seen them practice yet so far. I mean, should there be any nervousness uh, in Bomberland about um, how close to 100% that Zach's going to be for the game?
4: Yeah, I don't have a handicap on his percentage and, and such. And and I think we know that if he wasn't 100%, he's playing in this game. I just know there's no concern about his availability. You know, there's no, can Zach go? <laughs> yeah, that, and, and I'm saying that on, on, on Monday, right? So you, you, there's no concern six days from game day. So unless he suffers an injury of practice or aggravates something that's still healing from the game, because obviously he was dealing with something, and, and it doesn't mean they might, you know, give him a, I don't say a veteran day at practice, but might kind of, you know, lighten his load in practice. Just if there's something they, that needs to be managed this week, that there's certainly, those are all possibilities. Those aren't things I know about, but those are things that, you know, would certainly be plausible. Uh, and, and none of them would create concern or doubt that he's going to be the starting quarterback on
2: Sunday. Um.
0: So back to the question I was going to ask, uh, you know, we'll be talking about Caleros and MBT yep. and Jarett Davis and Willie Jefferson. I mean, the big stars, Uh, Is there a player or two on each team that we maybe won't be talking about or won't be household names to fans that will be crucial in getting the job done for uh, both the East and the West Division champs on your side?
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Let me
4: think
3: about this one. Let me think about this one.
4: Okay.
0: Um,
4: Okay. I'm going to – well, I mean, uh, this guy to to Winnipeg fans, he's not – an unknown quantity, but I, I, to the rest of the CFL, he's still probably a bit hit and miss. And, and I love, I love the way that the bombers utilize him as Greg McCray, right? A guy who, because he's like the, he's like the whack-a-mole. Like he goes, you know, where's he lining up? (laughs) If you're the defense, he could be out wide, he could be in the slot. he could be in the backfield. He could be running between the tackles. He could be 40 yards down the field. Um, and I I don't know the story behind his his kind of presence in that lineup, but it it sure looks like a guy that they just recognized at all kinds of athleticism and ball skills, and said, you know, we don't have a place in our lineup for him, but we'll have to find one. That's what it looks like, right? So I I would go with him for the Bombers, and for the Argos, mm, 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 mm. let me see, let me see, uh, you know, it's. It, their receiving core is interesting because you know they have Curly Gittens Jr., who is kind of their big guy, and then they've got this kind of assortment of guys that that it, it, you know it's actually interesting. A lot of teams have you know an American as their big number one receiver, and then sort of an assortment of Canadians that they kind of get the job done while the American attracts all the attention. And the and the Argos are both a little differently. Like Curly Gittens Jr., I, I would certainly say is is the number one player, number one. Uh, receiver on the Toronto Argonaut. And then you have this assortment of Americans, none of whom, you know, none of them are sort of in the top receiver conversation, right? Whether it's Cam Phillips or Markeith Ambles, uh, even DeVaris Daniels kind of flows below the radar a little bit, but maybe I'll say Markeith Ambles. I think he's kind of comfort food for McLeod Bethel Thompson. He's capable of having a big game, but he's more that kind of steady comfort food week to week. Um, and a guy who's, who's kind of, like I say, on a, on a team where, you know, the, the receiving unit doesn't get, um, you know, for, for how many yards McLeod Bethel Thompson puts up and how many passing yards the Argos get, it's, the Argos receivers are kind of like their team. They don't get, uh, they don't have been in that conversation about, well, who do you think the best receivers in the CFL are? Curly Gittens
0: is getting there.
4: And he's certainly in the conversation about the best Canadian receivers, but um, I'll throw Marquise Ambles out for your your kind of guy under the under the radar who, who could have a big impact in this
2: game.
0: Nails, uh, we obviously cannot wait for the big game here in Winnipeg, and I imagine that maybe half that stadium that uh, bore the elements on Sunday will be there in person at Mosaic. I have a feeling you'll see a great Bomber contingent out for it. Um, but you're going to be there later on today. Busy all week. What uh, What do you and the TSN crew have up, lined up for CFL fans throughout the week heading into Sunday?
4: We've got all kinds of stuff. Uh, of course, the coaches' uh, news conference begins tomorrow. we got the media party, which the Rough Riders are uh, hosting in conjunction with myself on uh, on Wednesday night. I'm doing the sit-down with the coaches on Thursday. And, of course, I'll be writing about the commissioner's address, which is always where we take the temperature of the league. Uh, and then rolling right into to Saturday. Got some features on some of the Canadian players uh, that are shooting the lights out in college football that we're going to run. Uh, on Grey Cup Saturday, I was down to see Chase and Sidney Brown in uh, Champaign, Illinois, recently. And, uh, you know, just to kind of make it turn it into as, we, as it should be a, a week long celebration of all things Canadian and football.
0: Well, I am definitely, I'm already regretting not being there, although very much uh, looking forward to heading to Qatar. Uh, and uh, uh,
4: 572 kilometers from Winnipeg to Regina, man.
0: Yeah, there was no, no. there, there was no Regina-Doha direct flight, so it was going to oh, be tough to, yeah. tough to make yeah, okay. that happen. Oh, I Have forgot you're think. going over there. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. the only thing that could possibly keep me well, this away from I the festivities. Confused, right now, I remember
4: I saw on Twitter you were doing something about but I'm like, what? He's not going? It's 572 kilometers. Get in your yeah. car, man. And it's not even like you've got to go through climate change. It's, it's the same. But,
0: uh, oh, it would <laughs> Listen, it's, it's a no-brainer. And I, I'm especially going to miss being at the Gary Lawless Memorial oh, media yes. party
4: this yes, week. So yes, that, yes, yes. Say hi to everybody for I, me, Nails. Yes, we will be doing the shout-out call to Gary Lawless as we do every Wednesday night at Great Cup Week to saluting his his honor and the tradition that he started and I'm carrying on. Thanks, okay. us.
0: All right, great stuff with our guy Nails. He, of course, and the whole TSN team, minus James Duffy, who got on a plane to Qatar today. Be there in Regina getting ready for the big game. And the bombers going for the three-peat on Sunday afternoon. Very interesting chat conversations. There's about five of them going on right now, uh, but I have enjoyed them all. Um, we are going to get to the cool bet lines and we've got a giveaway. So don't go anywhere, folks. First though, I do want to thank our friends at Nick and Nikki DQ for their great support of Winnipeg sports talk. I think Nick and some of the fellows are making a last minute trip out to Regina, but have no fear. Seven days a week. The four Nick and Nikki DQs are open for your patronage. Pop by and grab one of those incredible blizzards. Check out the DQ Stack Burgers. All the great ice cream treats, Sunday's milkshakes, and more. And of course, if you do need a DQ ice cream cake, Nick and Nikki have you covered. Hit them up on Instagram if you want with a picture of what you want for your customized DQ ice cream cake. They'll get it done for you for a quick and easy pickup at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQs. DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and the DQ on St. Anne's. All right. Before we get to the Cool Bet lines, we're going to fire up the wheel of winners, everybody. And Thursday night in the peg, we have a matchup of the two of the top five prospects for the upcoming loaded NHL draft. Zach Benson starring for the Winnipeg Ice right now and the consensus number one player, a guy we've been talking about for two years already. Connor Bedard of the Regina Pats. Um, so Remo is going to open up. Take a look in the chat, everybody. And you're going to want to put in exclamation mark tickets. There you go. It's open right now exclamation mark tickets. And uh, we'll quickly do the lines. We'll come back. And anyone that puts in exclamation mark tickets, we will spin for a couple pairs of tickets to the game on Tuesday night, courtesy of our friends at the Winnipeg Ice and Brian Munns. And if you are able to, it's going to be uh, obviously the Hall of Fame game going on for the Jets, but that is going to be um, something to see with Benson Bedard going head-to-head and the Ice looking to continue on at, what, 17-1 and now on the season. What a year that this club is having right now. Uh, All right, so exclamation mark tickets in the chat if you want to join us or you want to go to the game. But let's get to our cool bet lines right now. And tonight in the National Hockey League, we have a, not a really busy night. We've had some far busier Tuesdays recently. Just five games. Someone's got a win battle between the Vancouver Canucks and the Buffalo Sabres. The Canucks are... Minus 105. The Sabres are minus 111. Spencer Martin in net for the Canucks. Craig Anderson in for the Buffalo Sabres. Eric Comrie's sort of fallen on hard times after that great start. Sabres minus 111. I'm going with Buffalo. They've lost five in a row. Canucks have lost three in a row. So someone will get two points tonight. I guess we'll find out a little later on. Paul Maurice's Panthers are a minus 192 favorite against the visiting Washington Capitals at plus 161. Devils and Canadians. The Devils have won nine in a row. Talked about them with Dave Poulin a little earlier. Minus 200 road favorite in Montreal to take on the Canadians. Canadians plus 168 as a home dog. Leafs minus 115 in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh minus 102. And this should be a good one tonight. Dallas Stars, Tampa Bay Lightning minus 132. And the Stars plus 112. Philly, and the Blue Jackets as well tonight. Or actually, there's more than just five games tonight. There's a ton more games. I don't know what the heck I it was, was like thinking of. It. Nine games, I think. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why I was misreading that. So we got Philly and the Blue Jackets. By the way, Philly minus 114, Jackets minus 103. Jack Roslovic, a healthy scratch for the Blue Jackets tonight, Remo. Not good for the former Winnipeg Jet playing in his hometown.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You know, a lot I see a lot of comments uh, in chat about that. Line A injured. Rosovic, healthy scratch, PLD, pissing everyone off and <laughs> what, causing two fines over the weekend. um, Crazy. So, I mean, I, we're going to be talking about this trade for a long time, but I, I'm surprised to see, especially they have so many injuries. He's kind of been playing like, all over the line of two. They had some guy um who I wasn't too familiar with there. Let me just pull it up. I uh, have their lines right here. Emil Bemstrom. On the top line there with Goudreau and Boone Jenner, without Patrick Lyon. so uh, it's been a rough go for the Blue Jackets. They've been blown out uh, quite a bit, and, and the Flyers have been getting some great goaltending from Carter Hart this year. I, mean, no, I hope Johnny game.
0: Hockey's. I hope Johnny Hockey's enjoying that yeah. anonymity uh, because there's not a lot of good things happening right now with uh, CBJ. Uh, big Central Division matchup, basically a pick 'em Wild at the Predators. Detroit is a very slight favorite in Anaheim against the Ducks at minus 114 and the late game. The San Jose Sharks plus 225 on the money line against the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas minus 270. Saw Gary tweeting, the Arsenal was packed today with Vegas Golden Knight fans picking up that new retro reverse jersey. I don't mind it. It's not too bad with the Vegas down the middle, but uh, I guess when you've only been around for five years, making a retro reverse is probably a little bit a- different. See, we saw Seattle they it's their second season they got a reverse retro I like I like those jerseys I know a lot of people were taking shots on Twitter and I guess that's what that app is for most mm-hmm. of the time uh I thought they looked pretty cool though to be honest with you kind of looked like there was water on the jerseys like the way it was graded anyways I thought that was I thought they, it was pretty cool
1: they were fine I don't think they were amazing I think they were terrible It was kind of weird like one top half was one collar bottom half another but I thought they were they're were fine and it's you know, throwback to what, like Seattle Metropolitans style from the early 1900s?
0: I think that's what they were Ah, okay. For. Something okay. like that. I hear you. I hear you. Anyways, I thought they were cool. I've liked uh, all the, the Kraken uniforms and kits so far this season. Uh And to the Canadian Football League we go. The line in the Grey Cup is moving, folks. If you got in early on the Bombers, good for you. Opened at four and a half, went to five. Now it's five and a half. And it looks like it might get to six right now with the news that Zach Caleros is going to be playing for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, total, 48. And the money line right now, Argos plus 190. And the Bombers, a big favorite to make it three in a row at minus 233. If you haven't played at CoolBet before, use the promo code WST. On your first deposit, you get a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks. And by the way, make sure that you are following us on the lock shop because we've got the new YouTube channel available. In fact, I'm going to put the I'm going to put this link right now in the chat if you haven't already. Speaking of winning, we've got all this great stuff, the little brown jug contest, the tickets right now. Um Click on that. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, when we get to a thousand subscribers, we're giving away a thousand um, dollars—the easiest grand that you'll ever make—and uh, check out tomorrow. We're actually going to get into some World Cup talk, a little bit more Grey Cup as well, and then the award-winning best bets with yours truly, twenty-six and fourteen against the spread this year is coming up Friday for week. 11 in the national football league, but daily content right now in the lock shop and subscribe much like you do on Winnipeg sports talk. You'll um, get it whenever you want ready for you as we do it. And of course we always stream the shows on Twitter as well over at Dustin Nielsen's Twitter account. Uh, The link someone was just asking, I think I did again, but uh, there it is. There's the YouTube channel. Click on that, hit a subscribe and uh, check out the lock shop. All right, Remo. Let's uh let's throw uh oh vanishing point just got in last call for tickets anyone else wanting to win tickets to the ice and Regina Pats Bedard Benson Thursday night we're gonna do a little wheel of winners right now uh I think we've done the last call so uh there you go Remo uh, we can close that up and get it in what a great way to finish up the program
1: yeah well, well here yeah I'll I'll get that in um couple couple notes has huh? did you see the Yesterday, it was like late last night, uh, Nikita Zaitsev hopped into a guy's DMs on Instagram and challenged him to a fight so he for Wanted to beat
0: him face-to-face right now. Um, like, that's not a good look for Zaitsev. No. But you know what? Going public with that after being one of these losers that's going at guys online, I mean... For sure, Zaitsev is frustrated. I mean, as Jeremy was telling us, the Sens had not won a game with him in the lineup and then waived him. Um, so, you know, what happens? You know, pro uh, hockey players, they have, uh, they have, oh yeah, please get this man out says, of the league. Disgusting. So Nicholas. this,
1: someone shared this, the video of like the message. So he messaged a guy, "Want to want to meet me tomorrow face-to-face? Come on, text me back. Want to see you face-to-face immediately. And what did he go on to say here? Uh, I guess they're showing the proof. So he messaged a guy. That's pretty... I mean, Listen, I don't know.
0: I'm I almost I'm almost fine. You know, if you're taking a bunch of cheap shots and stuff from losers online that decide to go at you, um, slide into the DMs. Call their bluff. I'm fine with it. Now, as a player, i just block those losers and not deal with them. But, hey, Zaitsev probably wants to get uh, some frustration out. So... Uh, Maybe at one of his internet haters, he was trying to do it. Uh, That being said, I would advise NHL players to stay away from responding personally to trolls on the internet.
1: Yeah, and I guess maybe we weren't clear, B.A. split. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev messaging a fan on Instagram, challenging him to a fight. Zaitsev, a defenseman on the Ottawa centers, who's not having a great season there and uh, facing a lot of criticism. I think you just got to not be on
0: on the Instagram and Twitter. I don't know. Like, yeah, I was, he's the old six defenseman, six defenseman yeah. on a struggling Canadian team. Um, so he's getting, he's getting the heat.
1: I always wonder like if, you know, is he getting like served a lot of stuff in his algorithm? Like of people trashing him like on Instagram <laughs> reels or, or TikTok. And then I wonder like if any Winnipeg Jets players are like scrolling YouTube and Winnipeg suck gets pushed into their feed or something like maybe it's just unavoidable. If you go on, if you're just following what you follow on social media, cause it knows exactly who you are and what you're into. So it's going to show you criticism of yourself there. <laughs> well,
0: but, uh, I uh, you know what? You, I think you'd really have to be, you you just got to be careful. Um, and, but you know, what if you're saying whatever about players that are having a bad game, making it personal and even worse tagging these guys makes you, um, Part of the problem. I'll just say that. So, uh, anyways, I'm, I'm glad Zaitsev um, got that out, and I'm sure he won't be doing it again anytime soon. And I don't believe they actually did meet face-to-face for a fight somewhere in the nation's capital area. That would be crazy if they did. If, he's like, you
1: know what? I got to own up to what I said, and I will go and fight him at the flagpole at 3.30, and we will <laughs> we will do it.
0: Sure, let's sure, go, Nikita. let's go.
1: Let's... <laughs> I, I'm probably not good for a player to be doing that, but I mean, I don't know. It's I, Maybe don't be one of those guys. The worst is when people like tag, as you said, tag players.
0: It's not, not necessary. Not ne- no, definitely not. Um, hey, all right. Well, we get this uh, wheel of winners oh, ready yeah. uh, for those of you that jumped in late to the program today. Got to give a shout out to our friend, Joe over at consolidated supply. The Marbles Tournament of Champions is going to be going down in December. We will be having a number of extra marble races. We will set up a schedule so you all know marble dates on the program. And Consolidated Supply is going to be giving us a pair of bomber season tickets for next season for the winner of the Tournament of Champions. We're going to have a number of qualifying races where if you're one of the top three marbles, you will get a marble in the final and i guess technically i mean it's unlikely depending on how many people we have but if you did qualify in one race and qualify another you could potentially have multiple marbles we'll probably do in and around 12 qualifying races and then right around the holidays christmas new year's end of the month we will be firing it up for the championship our gray cup if you will of marbles where the winner We'll be getting a pair of season tickets courtesy of our great sponsors over at Consolidated Supply. By the way, check them out, cte.ca, or pop down and give them a visit at 1395 Nyakwa Road East. All right, Reem, uh, we've got a couple pairs of tickets to give away. So let's fire up the wheel and uh, give it a couple spins. All right, here we go. I I got it right here. Perfect. Here we go. Okay. Shout out to everyone that entered. We'll spin once. Uh, We'll have a pair for the first winner. And then we will have a pair for the second winner. By the way, everyone there, if you do win, what you're going to need to do, send us an email at winnipegsportstalk.com or, uh, at winnipegsportstalk at gmail.com. Right, Reem? Is that the right do wait, wait, why do you talking people to email us? Yeah, that's our address. winnipegsportstalk at gmail. At gmail.com. Okay. Uh, okay. If you win, you send it with the email that you want us to send the tickets to. Oh, and yeah. And then the ice will be sending those tickets to. All right. Two pairs of tickets. Bedard, Benson, Battle of Top Draft Prospects coming to the Ice Cave on Thursday. Remo, spin it for our first winner for a pair of tickets to go see the Ice and Pats. And it's Mike Cochran, Winnipeg. That a boy, Mike. So, Mike, send us an email, WinnipegSportstalk at gmail.com with the email that you want the tickets to be sent to. Uh, so, Mike is our first winner, and uh, let's spin it again for our second winner for a second pair of tickets for the big game on Thursday night. Gibber. If Mike wins again, we respin. And it's Val L. Nice work, Val. So, Val L, hit us up. WinnipegSportsTalk at gmail.com. Congratulations. And we got a pair of tickets for both Val and Mike Cochran. And uh, I have a feeling we might get the wheel going again a little later on this week for some more ice tickets. Uh, thanks again to Brian Muns for uh, helping us out and uh, helping you out get to the ice cave to see what is going to be both of these young men we're going to be seeing playing in the National Hockey League for a long, long time. You'll always remember winning tickets on Winnipeg Sports Talk to go and see them at the Ice Cave. So, Mike and Val, fire the email. We'll get you those tickets sent out for Thursday night at the Ice Cave. Um, Rima, what's going on tonight? Just uh, back and uh, continuing to ease into your new reality of uh, 33% more Remuses under the one roof? <laughs> that's a good That's a good
1: one. Um, yeah, while well, I'll be watching, I'm usually holding my newborn daughter, making sure she is fed and changed and everything, and watching these late hockey games. I, I really enjoyed Blue's Avs last night. Avs, with a five-on-three with two minutes left, couldn't score the winner. Kale McCarr had seemingly an open net and chose to continue passing rather oh. than shooting. You may have seen the picture uh, surrounding online. But that Avs power play, awesome to watch. But I got questions about what their depth. Um so a lot, yeah a lot of games tonight. I'll be wa- probably watching uh watching the games. I got to find time to fold my laundry. but it's sitting in a basket for like a week now has. I just haven't I haven't found the time. It's tough around here these days. This is what now I understand if as I said yesterday Connor Helbeck had the down year last, year, you know, top 10 goalie rather than a top 2 goalie because of his new we speculated a newborn son. So uh I'm going to be battling through hasum.
0: Some fatigue and lack of are sleep here. Are you gaslighting me with this laundry folding comment? I don't even have the excuse that you do right now. Let's I, just say I've been somewhat negligent with some of that as well. you just in the focused basket? focused on the show. Too focused on the show. Oh, God, I don't even want to get into my laundry routine. Let's just say i got to do a ton before I go to Doha, and uh, I do need to be more uh, on it when it comes to taking yeah, care kind? of it once it comes out of the dryer.
1: Do you have laundry detergent, or...? You got it?
0: Yeah, got, I'm a pod guy. Pod guy. You're a pod guy? Oh, I get the liquid. Yeah. It's just the easiest for me. It's just simple. Take a pod, throw it in. <laughs> Done. Done deal. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> great chat today. <laughs> We've got a lot. And I the did ch- get a chance to meet your beautiful daughter on the weekend when I went by to grab uh, some toques and stuff. Yes. So small. Like, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen a baby that young in my entire life, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. He is... Two weeks
1: today, actually, uh, two weeks old. So yeah, very little baby. I thought my three-year-old son was little when I pick him up, but now he feels like massive compared <laughs> to, you know, newborn, newborn daughter. So, um, yeah, two, it's been, uh, been a while, two weeks. Thanks everyone for uh, all the well wishes and all that. You know, we did have one baby on the show, uh, Cam Meredith, uh, short yes, that's right. brought his daughter. So I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm there yet, uh, she is upstairs sleeping, but I
0: guess I could could do the show, you know, with the baby. I, yeah, I, well, at one point we'll do a, uh, you know, we'll do a, a Remus family holiday photo for the uh, for the WS tiers or something at some point. You can figure that out. What everyone really cares about in December is the Marbles Tournament of Champions mm-hmm. coming to Winnipeg Sports Talk, where their friends at Consolidated Supply Bomber season tickets will yeah. be given away on the program through. The long-awaited marbles, uh, uh, you know, a a marbles series, if you will. And I have a feeling this will be incredibly, incredibly popular. And uh, we all know how much everyone loves Friday. So uh, every day will be Friday for a while in December. And I think we're all good with that. All right, we got to get out to get this pot up for everyone uh, hitting on the way home. Um, Tomorrow, we'll have Scott Billick on the show. And Chris King is going to join us from the National Hockey League, but former Winnipeg Jet, to talk about Tamu Solani Tepo Newman, and of course, his time here when uh, as part of the uh, Dale Howarchuk presentation as well will be a great lead-in to what's going to be a great game on Thursday night as the Jets host the Ducks, and Timu and Tepo are honored and inducted into the Winnipeg Jets Hall of Fame. Thanks to Nails, Dave Naylor. Thanks to Mike McIntyre for joining us. And, of course, a great conversation with Dave Poolin. If you popped on late, make sure to check that out in the first hour of the program. Shout out to Remus for making it happen. Bombers off to Grey Cup this afternoon. They'll be there tomorrow, and Grey Cup week really begins in earnest tomorrow, and we'll have plenty from Regina for you as we get ready for the Bombers to go for a three-peat on Sunday. That's going to do it for us, everyone. Have a great night. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow right here on WST. Oh, my God. Oh, Shut it down. Let's go home!
4: Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily.